You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 138 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the Spare Room studio again this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Well, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're a little bit late starting today, aren't we? We are and a wee usual, bit late. It's all my fault. It's a very long story and a very sad story actually. It involves the demise of my beautiful MacBook Air. You said Mac. <laughs> the magic words there. Mac. Yes, and yes. if you when you if you go to Google Translate and type in the words MacBook, it comes out with um, error line twenty. I'm pretty sure it doesn't, if I'm okay. honest. Or uh, syntax uh, error. I should just say, pick that laptop up again and show this. This is coming from a guy. Oh, it's, it's yeah. just shut down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's actually shut down. It's yes. actually this, shut down. Yeah, this coming from a guy who who's been struggling uh, with a laptop that's been basically trying to do Windows updates. I repeat, Windows updates since two o'clock uh, this afternoon. So uh, you can be very quiet about my MacBook. Thank you. It Excellent. It won't anyway, turn on, we, Matt. We, we've been bickering like it an old married couple. On. It won't turn <laughs> no. on. It won't turn on. My laptop's really died. Is it because the battery's died? It possibly could be. Right. And you didn't think while it was doing these updates to actually um, plug it in then? No. The, the, right. the, the power lead's here. <laughs> oh, good. That's really helpful. So Spend it me. is the 11th of November, mm-hmm. and the time is 25 minutes past seven in the evening. And um, for those of you, hope you all had a safe uh, bonfire night or fireworks night last weekend. Uh, we certainly had some rather large explosions around here. Yes, I um, dare say the cat was thrilled. Oh, yes. she was lovely. Incredibly cat was thrilled, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we actually went out last Saturday night to the cinema, and um, we we left her in with the with the cat flap locked, and right. had we yeah. left the radio on. Yeah. And she loved that. She had Radio 2 on. Did she? Okay. She what, loved, what, what, yeah. what, Lisa Tarbuck, I believe, at that uh, It could well yeah, have been, absolutely. but she uh, thoroughly enjoyed her, yeah. uh, her evening here on her own. Did she? Yes, yes okay, she certainly good. did. Yeah, excellent. Um, so, we've, what have we got this week? We've got loads of news stories to cover this week, some quite interesting ones as well. Uh, we've got a bit of military news. We've got a segment from Pilot Pip. But we have got a very special guest host joining us on the show tonight. He's someone we've had on in the past. Uh, he's uh, he's a pilot. He's got his mm. PPL, but he's doing he's progressing. He yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. He's he's moved on to uh, to bigger and uh, more intense uh, training now. So welcome mm. on to the show, Matty Fab. Good evening. How are we doing? Thank you for having me back. That's okay, Matty. Always how pleasure, how man, yeah. how are you up north there? Very well. It's very cold up here in South Yorkshire, but um, <laughs> clear skies, nice flying weather if I have my night rating, but yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah, well, we're going to talk to you a bit later on the show about uh, how your training's getting on and what you've been doing, what you've been up to. I have, for those of you who follow uh, follow him on fa- or we follow him on Facebook, and, and you're, you've got a YouTube page as well, haven't you, mate? Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. There's um, some great yes. videos that have yeah, been posted. Some on great videos, show. yeah, of uh, some of the flights that you've had, which uh, we've uh, we've all been watching. Well, I've been watching them on uh, on Facebook. I've definitely been when you've been posting them. So. Uh, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll have a chat with you and see how you've been getting on. I'm sure you're uh, yeah, I'm sure you're only a, I'm sure you're only a few weeks away from uh, flying the uh, A380. So yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, well, Airbus. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I just, just I just I just I just made a faux pas there. So I meant Boeing. Mm. I meant a real a real man's yeah. aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so well, yeah. <laughs> 
thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. Good, good. Well, we've got a full chat room. Loads of the usual suspects in the chat room. Uh, we've got, um, oh, we've got, uh, let's just go through the list here. Let me go for the refreshes. We've got uh, Captain Jeff. So we've got podcast ooh. royalty in the uh, chat room. Actual royalty. Uh, Glenn Taylor, Jonathan Warner, Myla Neville Bounds. Ah. We've uh, got Pilot Pip, Mark Harvey, Fernando, Jennifer, uh, Neil Braden, Ray Davis. Uh, here we go scrolling through Liz Piper Jonathan Wall I'm just if I'm missing you like Glenn Tyler uh, Andrew Wilson uh, in the chat room as well um, scrolling through Tony S in the chat room uh, some guy called Student Pilot Matt uh, seems know, like a nice chat yeah. Um, but yeah so we've, we've got to behave, be on our best behaviour tonight because we have got Captain Jeff in the we chat do, room so um, we yes. are going to have to be very um, very professional and uh, do a good job of the show this week for sure mm. so well, I think we ought to start the show then, Matt. Okay. As yeah. we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Yes, I see. And yeah. if you're ready, Matt. That's two Matts, actually. Yeah, this could be we'll have to call him. Yeah. We'll have to call him Mr. <laughs> Fab. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story on the Toronto Sun website, this one. And the headline, Canadian Airline offering all-in fares for as low as $20. Goodness me. So, uh, a new Canadian low-fare airline could get you from Abbotsford uh, to Halifax for less than 20 bucks all-in. Uh, New Leaf Travel Company, an airline out of Winnipeg that started operations in late July, is offering the one-way fares on routes across the country uh, as a way of celebrating Canada. The ultra-low fares are available for every new route New Leaf currently flies. Our ultra-lost, low-cost model is something that Canadians have been asking for, and we have been the first to deliver this option for Canadian travellers, New Leaf President and CEO Jim Young said in a news release. You always have to apply the uniqueness of your product and service to find marketable, and it serves that we are building a network that is a long-term and sustainable, and not one that looks like all others. New Leaf, whose ownership group consists of seven First Nations, has flown 80,000 customers since opening uh, in July, uh, the 25th of July this year. The flights are operated by Flair Airlines, which has been in business since 2003. The company also announced earlier this month that it would operate uh, ground transportation uh, services from Abbotsford International Airport to Surrey. Uh, from there, customers can take the SkyTrain to Vancouver. So there we go. We, we keep talking about mm. these ultra low cost airlines. Yeah. So there's one there offering um, for the travel for twenty dollars. Twenty dollars, brilliant, isn't it? That which is, is about brilliant. I don't know, fifteen quid. Yeah, it's not. A lot. 15, I don't know. It's very difficult to tell, really, the, given the way that all the uh, fine, uh, the all the uh, exchange rates. The exchange are rates, yeah, that's just so crazy. Uh, paces. So uh, yeah, difficult to uh, say currently. But so I don't know what <laughs> aircraft. I haven't actually yet heard of the airline. Um, so, no, but new, that doesn't necessarily mean a thing, does it? I mean, that's. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's 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 a well a low cost airline. That does seem to be the way. I think I I, I think um, uh, you know airline carriers as we know them. I think they're an endangered species. If I'm honest, it, it says it says honest. on the story there the airline the flights are operated by an airline called Flair. 
Airlines, F L A I R, Flair yeah. Airlines. They've been in business since 2003, and I haven't <laughs> heard of them. No. Okay. Matty, Fab, have you um, heard of Flair Airlines? No, it's not what I've heard of, actually, no. No, no. no. Okay. So any of our Canadian listeners... But then there, there aren't that many people, unless they listen to this show, there aren't many people in Canada that are necessarily familiar with Ryanair, uh, to be No, fair. Glenn, so Glenn Towler's put in the chat room, actually, he's put uh, that I thought Canada, uh, Canada Air Canada, was mm. a low-cost airline. I've heard they're awful to fly with. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's never good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And Myla has put in the chat room as well. Twenty uh, twenty dollars there, two thousand dollars back. <laughs> well, there is that. Although that isn't normally the case, certainly with the likes of uh, Ryanair and things like that, is it? And I of dare say they're operating not. on a similar. Um, they're operating on a similar uh, model. I dare say. So uh, anyway, uh, so I dare, on. I dare say as we're on story. <laughs> as we're two, talking about and we Ryanair, we have mentioned said airline. <laughs> I have a feeling that story number two will be its usual. Oh, yeah. It's in the evening standard newspaper, and the headline is Ryanair launches U.S. election flight sale offering one million seats for nine euros ninety nine. Uh, and according to Ryanair, nobody trumps their fares. Oh, very good. Uh, Low-cost airline Ryanair has launched a sale to coincide with the US election result, offering flights for just €9.99. The company launched the bargain flight bonanza with a series of tongue-in-cheek tweets designed to mock the US, uh, both the US President Donald Trump and Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. Uh, <laughs> tweets sent out by the airline with the hashtag... Uh, hashtag low vote, sorry, vote low fares, poked fun at Trump with the message, uh, down with high fare, down with high walls. Another advert, and this one actually you sent me, I think, in a WhatsApp, didn't you? <laughs> I which love was, uh, this. Another advert for the cut price <laughs> flights include the gag, uh, even she wouldn't delete our email offers, in reference to Hillary Clinton's email <laughs> scandal, which became the subject of an FBI investigation. Uh, the Irish airline later tweeted no one trumps Ryanair fares in reference to the news that Donald Trump had achieved a shock defeat of rival Clinton to become the next president of I the love United States. I love that picture. It, 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 yeah, let, let, let me just pop that up for, for you. For those of you in the chat there. room, uh, on the YouTube yeah, chat room, there's a, there's a picture there of the advert mm. on Twitter, yes, on Ryanair's absolutely. Twitter it, account. It, it, it's lovely. I think he's got <laughs> lipstick on and everything there, actually, it has to be said. But, uh, uh, yes, it says that the billionaire property tycoon and former reality TV star stunned pollsters and an analyst by claiming the keys to the White House in one of the most uh, improbable victories in US history. Included in Ryanair's flash flight sale are cheap tickets to destinations in Ireland and Spain, including Alicante, Cork and Shannon. But if you want to get involved uh, in the deal, you'll have to be speedy as the sale, which is currently available to book on the Ryanair website, ends at midnight tonight. Or has it already ended? I don't know. Actually, that was that was today, so that's probably midnight yeah, so tonight. Midnight actually, yeah. tonight, so mm. it's Friday night here. So if you're listening to this anything other than live, it's already too late, which is always nice. But uh, yes, as I say, this this the Hillary Clinton one it, it took me a little bit by surprise. <laughs> it was a bit of a shock when Carlos uh, sent it to me. I'm just going to pop that one up. If you're in the, in the uh, YouTube chat room, you can see that <laughs> now, so which funny. made me uh, which made me very much laugh. It has to be. I, I did I did say that we weren't going to sit here on the show tonight and talk about. The uh, what's been going on in the US with the elections and stuff, you know, it's it's happened, and that's you know, well, that's, it, that's it? it, yeah. yeah. This, this, this yeah. is this is thing, so uh, anyway, enough of um, uh, of bashing the usual. Uh, the next story, yeah, is uh, is all for our guest to read, so uh, next one's for you, May. 
Okay, so this one's from the PRNewsWire.com and it says, Starting today, Alaska Airline flyers who want a little more legroom will have the option to purchase seats with up to four more inches of space between rows. The airline will debut its premium class section for travel on select routes beginning on the 5th of January next year, as it continues a significant retrofit of its all-Boeing fleet. So they didn't bother with Airbus either. <laughs> in addition to four extra inches of legroom, passengers seated in a premium class will enjoy early boarding, snacks and complimentary drinks. Um, scroll down. Alaska mileage plan, the MVP, gold and gold 75k members will be eligible for complimentary upgrades into premium class at the time of booking or up to 24 hours in advance of travel depending on their status and fare purchased. Uh, where are we? With the addition of a premium class, Alaska's most loyal customers who aren't able to upgrade into first class will see a significantly increased likelihood of getting a seat with more legroom near the front of the cabin. Premium class is the most recent example of the ongoing investment we are making to enhance the customer experience on our aeroplanes, said Andrew Harrison, the Executive Vice President. We will continue to reward our loyal customers by offering one of the most generous upgrade policies in the industry, with an average of 6% of the first class cabin being occupied by upgraded elites. For more information, I will click this link, which obviously the readers can't see. Initial prices for the premium class seats range from $15 to $79 in addition to base fares and are based on the length of the flight. Seats in the new section can be purchased at the time of booking through alaskaair.com or Alaska's mobile apps during check-in and at the airport. Premium class seats are located in the front portion of the main cabin, allowing for faster boarding and deplaning. The new section offers an additional 4 inches of legroom with 35 inches of space between rows compared to the 31 to 32 inches between rows in the rest of the main cabin. As a businessman who flies at least 75,000 miles every year, the extra leg room allowed me to work more comfortably with my laptop and is almost like having a mini office in the air, said Frank Albano, an Alaska frequent flyer who's logged more than a million miles and who was recently seated in the new section of one of the reconfigured planes. So the first class cabin enhancements, it says the aircraft, sorry, the aircraft retrofits will also significantly, sorry, will result in significantly expanded leg room in the first class cabin which will increase from 36 to either 41 or 42 inches, depending on where the seats are, and will be amongst the most spacious first-class cabins domestically. In addition to the increased legroom, first-class customers will continue to enjoy a seat that is four inches wider, free in-flight entertainment tablets, a complimentary selection of fine wine, spirits, and chef-inspired and locally sourced drinks and snacks. Uh, snacks sorry. It is expected that uh, nearly half the fleet will feature this premium-class cabin by the end of this year, with the balance of the planes being reconfigured in 2017. A decision on when the 737-700s will be retrofitted will be announced mid-2017. Alaska will retire its fleet of 737-400s next year. The upgrade option will also be available on the Embraer 175s operated by SkyWest Airlines and soon Horizon Air. Um, and it goes on under that bit. Premium class has replaced the preferred plus which was only available in exit rows and bulkhead seats. Customers on flights that have yet to be retrofitted can still purchase extra legroom starting at $15 during booking, check-in at the airport or through the Alaska Airline Mobiles apps. Once an aircraft is upgraded, exit row seats will no longer be available for purchase. In the past two years, Alaska has made significant investments to improve the customer experience throughout the aircraft, providing customers more of what they love which includes outfitting nearly half of, its fleet, half of its fleet with larger overhead bins that increase room for carry-on baggage by 48% and 
and providing personal power outlets at every seat. Also, customers can enjoy a Pacific Northwest inspired food from the iconic Seattle chef Tom Douglas. Local wine and spirits, custom designed leather seats, free and premium streaming entertainment on every flight. And it goes into there, you can book some seats. But uh, So, yeah, it looks like they, uh, they're upgrading and making their seat pictures slightly larger for their um, uh, frequent flyers, which is fair enough. You spend a lot of money, sort of. What this guy said he's flown over a million miles with them. I think they're the kind of customers they need to keep hold of and, Very uh, much so, yeah. and look mm. after, to be fair. Yeah. And they've also, on their website, they've got, uh, they've got their own app, which most airlines do nowadays have their own apps for um, a purpose built app for the Android you can download. Uh, to book your flights and stuff. And I just noticed on their app, when you open their app up, at the very top of the app, it does say uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 7 banned from all flights. <laughs> it does say at the top of there. Um, but, no, it's good to see it. So there's quite a few airlines now, uh, Mr. Fab, who are um, um, upgrading and stuff these pre- uh, premium economy seats and having some of the airlines are having larger premium economy sections in the aircraft, which... Um, it's good if you can afford the uh, extra money because I know it mm. would it would have cost us quite a considerable amount more money to fly premium economy with yeah. um, with BA um, last month. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, apologies, by the way, to everyone watching in uh, in YouTube land. Uh, we're having a couple of problems with uh, Matty Fab's video. Unfortunately, for some reason, when he switches away from FaceTime and goes to um, a web browser page uh, to right, read yeah. the story. For some reason, it keeps pausing his video. So uh, oh. we'll just press on. We could have a pause screenshot. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll all be fine. Ah, sorry about that. That's no, all right. It's just one of those things. It's <laughs> I think it's things. when I'm maximising the screen to read it. I'll yeah. try and read it on. Um, is it yeah. frozen now? If it's no, not, it's not. It's, it's, not. Work, it's working fine. No, yeah, yeah, I'll not maximise the web page. Yeah, You've got to love a couple of tweaks here and there as we go, haven't we? I noticed we just had a text message from Pip, which I think you need to read, by the way. A text message from Pip. Pip yeah, I'll absolutely. have to read that one yes, from Pip. So, uh, uh, I don't know whether it will change. Um, oh, I've got no message from Pip. Oh, right. Okay. No. All right. Uh, I'll give you my phone in a moment then. Uh, okay. Right. So, next story. <laughs> yeah, uh, moving on uh, on the thisismoney.co.uk website. The headline Shortage of pilots hits budget airline Flybe as a lack of routes also stifles growth. Uh, budget airline Flybe reported a slump in half-year profits after a pilot shortage and a lack of available routes stifled its growth. The firm, which is the largest independent regional airline in Europe, said its uh, expansion was hit by competition for trained pilots and that it grounded planes between 2014 and 2016 when it couldn't find enough uh, routes to fly profitably. Flybe uh, said its profits were further hindered by uh, the fall in the pound after the referendum, which made loans uh, priced in dollars more expensive. Uh, while sales in the six months September the 30th were up 12.8% uh, to $383 million, thanks to higher passenger volumes, its profits fell 69.4%, blimey, uh, to $7 million. Uh, the results uh, come a month after Flybe parted ways with Chief Executive Saad Hamad, followed uh, following a clash over its management style. Hamad, uh, Hamad are widely credited with bringing the airline back from the brink of bankruptcy, stepped down and walked away with almost £700,000. Simon Laffin, executive chairman, said that Flybe would continue with plans to open a new base in Germany. So, short pilot shortage. There we go. I mean, mm. Flybe is a popular airline uh, that place, flies yeah. into our regional airport here at Norwich. Into Norwich quite a lot, International yeah. airport here, uh, just down the road from us. 
Um, it's quite a popular airline as well. They have uh, feeder flights that go from here uh, up north and also over to uh, to Schiphol in Amsterdam, mm. I think, as well. Flyby go to go into there. Um, what do you think of this one, Matty? It's good for people like me who's learning to fly, obviously. Um, the, the pilot shortage is becoming, you know, visible and you can see it out there. So it's um, it's good news, but it's, it's bad planning because it's been on the horizon now for how long this pilot shortage has come in and then we've got airlines with, with planes sort of parked up and able to fly them because they're not got the pilots. I mean, I mean they need to get bizarre. their hands in the pockets and sort of start sponsoring us poor pilots well, to, uh, yeah. to fly their planes rather than sat there waiting for us to spend all our money and then... Um, I mean, is that is that one of the airlines that you would sort of look possibly uh, when you when you know, when you passed and this that and the other, Matt, that you'd try and kind of get in with Flybe? Absolutely, yes. It's sort of number two on my list, Flybe. Um, yeah. I'd love to fly the Dash Eight, but uh, yeah, I've heard they're a good airline to fly for. Somebody who learned at the same school as me, he's just got a job flying with them, and he absolutely loves it. Says the look for him, so yeah, I've, I've wow. heard good things about them. Pretty good. So moving on to the next story then, uh, this yep. one is for you, Matt. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and uh, it's the Dallas News is the website. And uh, the headline is um, America Airlines bringing faster Wi-Fi to Ooh, 500 story. planes. Uh, American Airlines Group Inc. plans to install faster Wi-Fi on 500 more aircraft in its domestic fleet, bolstering an earlier order for Viasat Inc. while dealing a blow to current service provider GoGo Inc. American has more than 1,100 aircraft with Wi-Fi service, a number the airline said gives it one of the largest Wi-Fi equipped fleets in the world. Viasat's largest North American customer to date is JetBlue Airways Corp., which provides the service to passengers for free through a marketing partnership with Amazon.com Inc. In June, the world's largest airline split an order between the two Wi-Fi providers with uh, Viasat contracted to service uh, for service on 100 new Boeing 737 MAX planes and GoGo tapped to install its new 2KU satellite service uh, on more than 130 Airbus A319s and A320s. The Viasat installations begin in the summer of 2017, while the GoGo additions will begin later next year, American Airlines spokeswoman Martha Thomas said on Wednesday. In early June, Chicago-based GoGo told investors about 550 American planes with its equipment are subject to de-installation at any time as American's option. Uh, GoGo said that it expected that American would exercise that right for many or perhaps all of those aircraft from time to time over the next several years. Viasat disclosed a large new order with its quarterly earnings report uh, dated the, 9th, the 8th of November but declined to reveal which airline uh, per the customer's request. Carlsbad uh, Calif, uh, so Carlsbad Calif-based Viasat operates its own satellites, while GoGo and Global Eagle Entertainment Inc. contract with other satellite companies. GoGo will, in fact, one of the uh, companies being the one that we use our satellite with, by the way. Is that really? Yeah, yeah I didn't know. That. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a company called Bentley Walker, and they do, they do stuff in the states as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, so GoGo will be uh, still be outfitting other aircraft in our domestic fleet with its 2KU satellite Wi-Fi, and Panasonic continues to provide satellite Wi-Fi for our international wide-body fleet. Thomas said, adding that GoGo remains a valued partner 
uh, American uses Panasonic aviation on more than 60 of its international wide-body aircraft. GoGo spokesman Steve Nolan said in an email on Wednesday that Americans' announcement is really old news and confirms what we said in our June 3rd public statement. It doesn't change our business outlook and financial guidance. Separately, Southwest said late Tuesday that it's reviewing proposals for a secondary connectivity partner to the Row 44 service it had from Global Eagle on its flight of more than 700 Boeing 737s. Southwest is Global Eagle's largest customer. The airline said that it would have more to share in coming weeks, spokesman, uh, spokeswoman Michelle Agnew said on Tuesday. Southwest hasn't revealed which companies it's reviewing for the second service uh, or how much of its fleet would be covered. Mm, interesting. It'd, it'd be interesting to see, Matt. Just say, I mean, how quick are mm. they going to be able to get this Wi-Fi on his air, on, on aircraft? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, if, I, mean if, we, I don't think you're going to get fiber broadband speeds on, on the. I, I just, you know, you're not going well, to be able to get 56 surprised. meg. I mean, you, you'd be genuinely quite surprised how much uh, bandwidth is actually available through satellite. I mean, bearing in mind we're essentially using uh, on on our system that we can use out in the field. I mean, we can get 25 megabit, and that's on just a domestic connection. As far as uh, they're concerned, so actually, um, I mean, the satellite done us proud mm, at the yeah, Seeding Air Show. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we had a, a really, really good. Um, yeah, absolutely. Good uh, but there. I mean, we were getting downloads of, of sort of twenty-five megabit, and that's just literally by sticking a dish up and pulling it down. Obviously, their systems are much more sophisticated. But then, just how much stuff do you want to do on an aircraft? You know, when you're if you if you're flying with people, a people don't like people don't sit there and just enjoy being on an aircraft anymore though do they they expect to be able to share that experience with it. well I, mean, I I dread the day when you're on an aircraft where it doesn't cost a small fortune for you to actually uh, like Skype or whatever because you are going to be bombarding me with videos and photos <laughs> and goodness knows what especially if you're on a, on an A380 or something like that you're going to be unbearable but I, I do, do you know I when we I mean I know it was a nighttime flight but I have to say looking out the windows on the Dreamliner through those pretty large uh, windows because mm. the, the, as you probably everyone will know the, the windows on the uh, on the Dreamliner are considerably larger than standard um, Boeing you know triple seven windows and stuff on standard aircraft the windows are a lot larger mm. you know and looking through them it you know it's, it made a hell of a lot of difference to mm. be able to see yeah a hell of a lot more through a yeah. window yeah but you perhaps the trouble is is you're probably in the minority yeah. now that's the am. problem because you, I mean you you you're I mean this whole show is here because you are <laughs> obsessed with aviation. <laughs> the whole reason I have to give up every single uh, like every single oh. Friday night is because you're obsessed with aviation. You know, so it's just um, you know it's just one of those things. But you like enjoy it though. Yeah, oh yeah, Look at yeah. all the wonderful friends that you have I now, know, man. across the globe. It, it literally across all the globe, these amazing man. listeners yeah. we have each week tuned into us. Look, yeah. you see. And uh, no, but it uh, it'll be it, it'll be interesting. So I'd I'd like to, I think I'd like to try mm. when they when they you know yeah. finish fiddling around with Wi-Fi on the aircraft. I'd like to go up on yeah. on the aircraft for a flight and uh, run the speed test with um, uh, uh, the, the one we use. Oh, what the the, the, the two way one? Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah. see what kind of speed you speed get. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you do have to. You can't just use the speed the ordinary speed testing for a satellite. Because you, oh, can't you? You'll, no, no, you'll get you'll get um, inaccurate results. Actually, you'll be complaining about latency and things. Really? In fact, that isn't the issue. So. Okay. Uh, well, because it, it, the, the information is beamed slightly differently, so it's not it's not like a point to point connection. It, 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 it's uh, it's it's all about latency. I won't I won't bore you with the details. Uh, but uh, uh, so, uh, Matty, how, how do you feel about? Um, 
sort of having things like Wi-Fi and stuff on board? I mean, is it something that interests you, or, or could you could you, you could couldn't care less essentially? Um, I think it's essential. I mean, in this day and age of the technology that we've got now, I mean, why not? Hmm. I'm, I mean, Carlos is sort of a band, if you like, where I can sit there and track myself on flight hmm. radar twenty four and put the speedo <laughs> apps and all that kind of geek stuff, which yeah, okay. you, yeah. you've just laughed at us for, Matt. But um, yeah. but yeah, to be fair, I mean, on long flights, what else are you going to do? You know, not everyone likes watching movies. Not everyone is so sort of comfortable flying, so you can take the mind off it. Mm. You know, playing on the phones, people are addicted to the phones these days. It's, you know, it's a social sort of um, problem that's going on, isn't it? No one can walk around without looking up, so people yeah. feel sort of sort of cut off know. almost if they can't do something. Yeah, they feel cut off. Yeah. They can't cope when they can't look at the Facebook and the Snapchat yeah. every fifteen seconds. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a shame, yeah. but it's the way the world's going. So let, it's, let uh, alone nine hours. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think the airlines got to get on it because people. It'll get to the point where people won't travel on airlines where they can't check where they the can't Facebook on and post yeah. a live video every five seconds of their life. Yeah. That's what some people but think, I mean, so. as we know from from what we do here in the studio, I mean, there are major issues when it comes to uh, you know, it's downloading is fine, but it's you know, if people are wanting to post these videos uh, on online, it is the upload bandwidth that's the serious issue, and and I don't know how, even with the most sophisticated of technology, how good you're going to be able to make that. You know, it, it, it's 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 a tricky one, really, because uh, you certainly wouldn't. I, I think you would certainly struggle to do a face, you know, a sort of Facebook Live type thing whilst you're you know sat at the bar in the A380. I mean, it's just you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, do you know what we should try and do? Mm. We it, it, it would be so awesome if we could what, to um, do a show from if one. <laughs> if if we do manage to get across to uh, to Pittsburgh next yes. year for the air yeah. show, okay. uh, and we fly with with an airline that has Wi-Fi. Right. I mean, how cool would it be, Matt, mm. to do a to do a live broadcast, a from, live broadcast from, the aircraft. From, from the aircraft? I mean, I can't see them saying no. No, um, it's not. It's not it, that. It, it, it's it might not cost that, a it? lot. In, yeah, um, yeah, it probably costs more than the flight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it might do. But uh, anyway, yes, on to the next story then. This one is with you, Matty. This is you, yep. Okay, then this one's a slightly different one. Rather than a story, it's an airline review. So it's off the traveller.com.au website, and it's a review of the British Airways business class London to New York. So this guy, has he got a name? Uh, we'll call him Dave. Sure. Just call we'll him call, Dave. It's Rob. Rob. Oh, Rob. Oh, right. okay. Rob. Um, so he flew. So here it goes. The loyalty scheme which he used was the executive club. Just make sure Nev's, so li- Nev's listening. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I think, yeah, that's, that's his pen name. Oh, yeah, Neville. It says, yeah, it could be from Neville. Yeah, we'll call him Neville. So the, uh, we'll call him Nev. So yeah. Nev, he flew from uh, London to New York on a... What's that? A Boeing triple seven in business class, thirteen J, duration of seven hours fifty minutes, and the frequency. Um, BA relaunches daily non-stop service in May twenty sixteen after a seven-year break. Wow, I didn't realise that. So the seat that Nev sat in was um, they had forty-eight capsule-like seats spread over two cabins in a two-four-two arrangement. Alternate seats face each other, which is great if you're travelling with someone, but can feel a little uncomfortable if you're staring at a stranger. Divider screen provides more privacy, but it's lowered during takeoff, landing, and meal times. Seats have an adjustable headrest, in-seat power, a large storage drawer, and recline to an, a 183cm fully flat bed. Okay, baggage. So this uh, Nev had two check bags, up to 32kg <laughs> each, plus you could take one carry-on bag. 
up to a maximum of 23 kilograms, and one handbag stroke laptop bag. So I'm not sure which one Nev took. Mm, handbag, um, I reckon. Handbag, yeah, yeah possibly. <laughs> and um, comfort. An infinitely adjustable seat and generous footrest make for comfortable dining and viewing, but the real benefit is the 183cm flatbed, which guarantees a few hours solid sleep. Um, entertainment. Compared with the large high-definition screens found in most business class cabins nowadays, BA's 10.4-inch system feels small, sluggish and chunky, mm. which is a shame because there's a good selection of new release movies and TV shows. Delivery is via over-the-ear noise-cancelled headphones. Ah, cool. Okay, moves on to service. Um, attentive and accommodating with lots of pampering and treats. After a welcome glass of Henriot champagne, there are hot towels and a complimentary newspaper and a well-stocked Elemis amenity kit in a handy drawstring bag. Okay, food, so we never have to eat. Um, the highlight of the flight for lunch, there's a choice of two starters, which is seafood or tomato and mozzarella salad. Ooh, for main, the herb-topped fillet of British beef with... What's that? Baudelaire sauce is delicious. Beaujolais. The cheesecake. Yeah. Beaujolais. I'm from Yorkshire. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. All we're, right, we yeah. have gravy and ketchup. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. The cheesecake. I thought I'd say it before Nev got Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah absolutely. Before the chat room um, livens right. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drinks-wise, there's a full bar with spirits, cocktails, and two choices of red and white wines from Italy and California. A few hours later, a delicious afternoon tea appears with crustless finger sandwiches. Warm scones with jam and clotted cream, and an assortment of dainty cakes. Ooh. By some miracle, you get hungry in between. There's a self-service club kitchen with fruit, biscuits, and one more thing. BA's return to this route means it's now the only carrier to fly to New York from three London airports, oh, cool. which are Heathrow, Gatwick, and London City. So, Nev's verdict. Yeah. Well worth considering if you're going to or coming from the south of England. Typical poor northerners. <laughs> Not only is Gatwick an infinitely less stressful proposition than Heathrow, it's also much more convenient for many parts of London thanks to the non-stop Gatwick Express train into Victoria services. Although, to be fair... Hello, well, oh, sorry. No, well, no, I was going to say, to be fair, that's unfair because you, you, you can have direct train straight to um to Heathrow as well to be fair because you because you go straight from from mm. Paddington can't you to to there so that that's perhaps not the the big the big and that you know big excitement that they claim but um yeah it depends mm. who's asked him to write this i mean it says well, he attested yeah. by Rob McFarland who travelled as a guest of British Airways so you can imagine uh, if they knew it was on there he's yeah, going to be yeah. over pampered and looked yes, after more than the yes, average yeah. Joe would be able to feel Indeed. Although, to be fair his well, rating was only 4 out of 5 Oh, well, room for improvement then on a four hour. Room for improvement. Yeah, Obviously, absolutely. he doesn't like the dainty cakes and the handbag. Well, no, so while deep. while uh, Matty Fab was doing that story, I went uh, in to get out of uh, my cupboard here. Um, the, the one of the kits that we got given uh, last Which month. Which is the very kit that they were talking, talking and, about yes, it in, is. in this we, particular um, story. This, this was how, how did you end up with a first class one? I told, because we got given first class treatment last mm. month with BA flying did out. You? They're very kind. Um, a fantastic uh, crew, and they they very kindly gave me and uh, Gemma one of you, these kits each. You, you realise that um, Nevers probably got about he like probably 20 has. of these. Yeah. So we, what have we got so in there? We've got the, some flight, flight socks. socks. Yeah, yeah, flight some flight socks. socks. Yes, can't, you can't go wrong with flight no, socks. You can't. Uh, 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 the eye mask. Ah, uh, splendid. Look I think that. this is how I should do the rest of the show. Hang on. 
Yeah, look at that. And they, I mean, it's actually a very good quality eye mask. And I'm, not, I'm not the usual sort of uh, wearer of uh, eye Splendid. masks. Splendid, absolutely. I, 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 I think I should do the rest of the show like this. I can't see that there'd be any problem. For those of you who are now. listening to the audio podcast, yeah. uh, take, yourselves <laughs> yes. over to, uh, take yourselves over to YouTube oh, and you'll be able to see my hair. One moment. stuff here. Yeah, I found, I found a coat. I presume there's a mirror, but I can't there see is. the mirror. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it's very nice. I'm just going to do my hair now. Very nice. yeah. You, yeah. you look lovely, dear. Thank you, darling. Lovely. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to so do the rest so of this Comb, you get a comb Good. with, with right. a mirror. Okay, let me mirror. see if I can find it. Oh, no, that's a brush. Yeah, that's not a brush. A brush. So, what's sorry. this? This is some kind of a mirror. Oh, now, Matt, just take the eye mask. No, off, it's much more sake. fun doing this. <laughs> so, in, in there, we've got uh, some toothpaste and a ah. toothbrush. Right. There's okay. a, an actual proper toothbrush and toothpaste in there. Okay. Um, in the kit. Uh, what have we got there, Matt? It's, um, well, some know. lip balm or something lip there. Moisturising lip balm. Moisturising lip balm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, good night, Ray. He's, Ray's now off. Uh, uh, night, what Ray. else have we got in there? Uh, we've got face thingies. Cotton pads. Do you know I have to say, right, when I look through these, when we got given these uh, first-class uh, kits, I had I looked through them myself, and I have to say, 80% of what's in the kit is aimed, I really think, at women. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, well, these especially so that they can't hear their husbands so snoring. That, yeah. That's what. Uh, yeah. Gemini. Gemini's those after I've had a yeah, uh, night on the beer. A couple of beers. Yes. Um, absolutely. What we got? Renewing. Yeah. Uh, renew, re, renewing rose cleanser. What's one of those? I've no idea. I did have to ask Gemma what most of these Hydrating, things were. Hydrating. Renewing. Well, Serum things. What, what, um, what's a rose, and why would you need to cleanse it? Uh, one of the nice <laughs> things was was a, a first class uh, BAP. Which is yeah, quite absolutely. nice. There we yeah, go. Absolutely. First class um, pen, uh, which is good. And yeah, all, all sorts of. All there, sorts I know. Of, it's, yeah, it's various well moisturisers. It is great little thing. Renewing moisturiser, firming eye serum. That sounds. And nice. these, these are all produced by Aromatherapy Associates. All ah, these yes. um, and a deodorant stick. Now a deodorant UK. stick. That's handy. Hmm. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so that is. But as you can see, uh, I mean, we'll get back to the subject right now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I mean, a well-stocked uh, amenity kit Absolutely. there for first, first class. Answered the question: How many of these he's actually got? In <laughs> Nev these Neville's uh, Nev Neville Barnes <laughs> has got sort of four hundred of these right. kits. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. As he has shares yeah. in yeah, uh, in BA. BA. Absolutely. Yes. Definitely. How much does the uh, serum does he use? <laughs> yes, how much of that do you use? Yes, no, yeah, yeah. poor well, Nev. Yeah. Pick we, on we, Nev. We are, we are being horrible to Nev. Shall we move on to the next story? We'll move on to the yeah, next absolutely. story. Uh, <laughs> so the next story on uh, Reuters.com uh, site. Uh, this goes back to the uh, American Airlines uncontained engine um, uh, failure uh, a few weeks back. And um, the, but it's, it's regarding the engine itself. Uh, General Electric alerts airlines about engine part after American Airlines fire. Uh, General Electric is seeking to remove an engine part from service after uh, the American Airlines jet erupted in flames. Um, was it last? Was it last mm. week? It was last, Not long last ago, week. Was it? Uh, it told carriers in a letter seen by Reuters uh, on Reuters. Reuters, sorry, <laughs> Reuters, sorry. Reuters. That, that's what's bit like you with yes. bit like you with Bombardier. Uh, Reuters on Saturday. Um, the manufacturer has identified a limited number of parts closely related to one used by American that had a material anomaly, according to the letter sent on Friday. 
All but one of the parts are now out of service, GE said in a letter. It added that it was working with a single airline uh, with the aircraft still equipped with the part to ensure the removal from service. GE did not name the airline and company spokesman Rick Kennedy confirmed that GE had sent the letter and it was uh, still in the early stages of an intense investigation. <laughs> On October the 28th, American Airlines Flight 383 from Chicago to Miami aborted takeoff following an uncontained engine failure. A rare event which components spew from the engine and can tear through the aircraft cabin or rupture fuel tanks in the wings. The airline was flying, uh, the airline was flying a Boeing uh, company Boeing 767K aircraft with CF680C2 engines made by GE. In this instance, the failure caused a fuel leak that resulted in a fire, but no one on board was seriously injured. American Airlines spokesman said that none of the company's aircraft in operation had the additional parts that GE referred to in the letter. Uh, the spokesman added that American was turning over uh, a part from the engine not in operation to the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB, for further examination. Uh, U.S. investigators have yet to assign blame for last week's incident. However, they said on Friday that a so-called Stage 2 fan disc in the engine showed what appeared to be cracking. The disc's uh, corrupted uh, material likely indicated the manufacturing defect either by parts or metal maker, said uh, Jim Hall, a former NTSB chairman. In the letter, the GE stressed the reliability of its CF6 engine, uh, which uh, it said has flown more than 400 million hours since the 1970s. Uh, GE will update engine operators if action is later required, the letter said. Uh, Bloomberg earlier reported news of the letter uh, from GE. And, uh, well, there we go. So a bit more information on that, because uh, that was quite a serious fire. Uh, remember the uh, passengers escaping down emergency exit slides mm, uh, in that particular incident. That that was the week where we had that one and the FedEx, the cargo. Mm, I remember yeah, it wasn't a good week. The, uh, runway. That was a bit said, of a, yeah. a rough Absolutely. week there. But uh, as it quite rightly says, though, these these engines have been in service on on a lot of different aircraft, mm. and you know they're, they're not exactly brand new engines. These uh, these, these CF sixes yeah, at all been about um, for a while. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, did you mm. did you get a chance to see the video of that, Matty, on um, on YouTube of the uh, evacuation for that American Airlines flight? Yeah, I saw them all last week as the um, as they were on the news. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's not good, but I think they're just sort of um, you know make sure nothing happens in the future. With make sure these engines aren't in there because if, if they had another uncontained engine failure um, and they knew about this cracking, it's it's going to go back to them. They're going to be liable, aren't they? So I think mm. they're just covering their own backs, basically, just making sure that. Um, mm. as safe as possible. So moving on to the next uh, news story. This one's quite a nice news story for you, Matt. It's a low-cost yep. carrier in the US, but it's a really good story. I like this one. Okay, yes. Yeah, so this is on uh, P... I'm not really sure what that is. PRN Newswire. Yeah, I want, yeah the PR, PR Newswire. Newswire. Uh, PR mm. Newswire, uh, and it's a uh, Sison company, which is always nice. Southwest Airlines honoured among military-friendly employers. Oh, that's good news. So uh, this obviously, this was released in Dallas on the 10th of November. Uh, and they announced today that it has been recognised as a military-friendly employer by Victory Media, publisher of GI Jobs and Military Spouse. This is Southwest's eighth consecutive year uh, on the list. So, so they've been on the list since 2010 to 2017. To be recognised as a top military-friendly employer for eight years in a row is something we are very proud of, said Julie Weber, 
uh, vice president to people at Southwest Airlines. With more than 7,000 veterans currently in our ranks, we are committed to hiring and retaining these men and women of honour. The, quali the qualities they possess are invaluable to our workforce, from their leadership skills to their warrior spirits. We couldn't be prouder to have them as part of the Southwest family. The award seeks to recognise companies with active efforts to employ members of the military. As an award recipient, Southwest is committed to providing meaningful employment to military members through various recruitment efforts such as career fairs and military jobs boards. Additionally, the airline partners with many organisations to help veterans integrate from the military back into the workforce. Southwest Airlines will be showcased um, along with uh, other 2017 military friendly employers in December uh, in, in the December issue of GI Jobs magazine, the January 2017 issue of Military Spouse magazine and on the militaryfriendly.com website. The military friendly employers list is created each year based on extensive research using public data sources for thousands of federal contractors nationwide. Input of military employees and responses to the proprietary data driven military friendly employer survey from participating companies. The survey questions uh, methodology uh, criteria and uh, weightings were developed by Vict Victory Media with the assistance of an independent research firm and an advisory council of educators and employers. Data calculations and tabulations are, were independently evaluated, evaluated for completeness and accuracy by EY criteria for consideration uh, can be found at uh, https colon forward slash forward slash military friendly dot com so there we are um, I've just been hit on the head by a banner as it fell but never mind uh, yes absolutely <laughs> the funny thing is I did say in a chat room a moment ago that uh, the banner's being held up by blue tag and Indeed. it was failing yes. and it was failing and yes, it, very, it very much did it's yes. just failed it has failed okay. epic um, fail but never mind not to worry. Uh, I have to say though uh, one of the things that uh, you you I, I will always say about sort of mil, sort of ex-military uh, employers and stuff. Uh, almost in all circumstances, the one thing you can rely on uh, with ex-military ex personnel is reliability. If they say they're going to turn up, in almost all circumstances, they are always on time. They, you know, I mean, it's just uh, it's, Jennifer. I, I'm amazed they struggle to find employment when you know when they leave the, leave the military. Jennifer in the chat room, Matt, has just said she said that uh, they also do a lot of flights southwest to bring troops home f uh, for their holidays yeah and uh, apparently at uh, Jen's airport they do water cannon salutes for them as well which really? is kind of oh, nice wow. yeah but that's, that's a nice story to hear that I mean because Southwest are, are, you know they, they just come across as such a really good airline mm. um, so um, you know it's um, it's it's nice to read stories like this yeah. where they're where they're looking after after the troops very oh, good much on them. So, yeah, absolutely. so moving on to the next story, uh, we'll, we'll leave you to put the banner back up, Matt. Oh, uh, on the uh, <laughs> on the FT uh, new site, this one. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to interrupt this just for a very Go brief on, moment. I'm going to have to ask because Matt, he's got it on in the background. What's the score? <laughs> it's still nil nil. Oh, rubbish. Mm. Foot football. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an England. Game. Shut up. Oh. Anyway, it's <laughs> what we do. Okay, yeah. All right. So yes. Anyway, uh, take it away, Matty. That's me, actually. Oh, is it? <laughs> it is you. 
Oh, it's not. It's my turn. Oh, is it your turn? Yeah. I've sat and read this one through already. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. God, blimey. I'll, I'll do the banner. I'll do the banner. Yeah, yeah. go on. Off you go. Anyone think it was your show? Yeah, Come on. Nice. Carry on, Mr. Mr. Fab. Carry right. <laughs> okay. The FTNnews.com. Now then, I'm glad. Let me just check. Captain Nick's not in the rooms in it. <laughs> cool. So Emirates now has a modern and efficient fleet Ooh. because it only includes the Airbus A380 and the Boeing 777 aircraft. Yeah. He might be a little unbearable. It goes on yeah. to say, yeah, when he hears this, I can't imagine he'll be happy. But in yeah. order to offer a superior passenger experience and improve environmental performance through modern and state-of-the-art wide-body aircraft fleet, Emirates has retired the last of the old decrepit Airbus A330 and A340 aircraft in its fleet from active service. This makes Emirates the only, sorry, the first and only airline in the world to operate a fleet of all Airbus A380 and Boeing 777 aircraft for its passenger flights. Emirates recently retired A6EAK from operational service. The aircraft was the last of the 29 Airbus A330 aircraft that had been operating as part of its fleet. So Echo Alpha Charlie joined Emirates in 2002. It's flown over 60,000 hours, travelling close to 45 million kilometres in 14 and a half years. That distance is equivalent to almost 60 return journeys between the Earth and the Moon. Emirates has also phased out Alpha 6 Echo Romeo November, the last serving in Airbus A40 in the fleet, which had joined the airline in 2004 and was originally manufactured in 1999. Since January 2015, Emirates has retired 18 A330 and 5 A340 aircraft from its fleet. The average age of the Airbus A340 and 30 aircraft phased out from the fleet is 16 and a half years, a figure which is well below the industry standard retirement age of 25 years. In addition to the aircraft, sorry, in addition to the aircraft that have been retired from active service since January 2015. Emirates plans to phase out some further 25 aircraft over the course of 2017 and 18 to ensure that the operating fleet remains modern and efficient while offering customers a higher level of comfort and safety. The retirement of older aircraft is balanced by the introduction of younger, more modern aircraft into its fleet. This has resulted in Emirates operating one of the youngest fleets in the industry with an average age of just 5.2 years. The two youngest aircraft in the fleet, Emirates 85th A380, is the first of the new generation A380 aircraft delivered in October 2016, and Emirates 125th Boeing 777-300ER are less than two weeks old. He's definitely Emirates, doing that on purpose. Go on. He's definitely doing it. He keeps saying Boeing. He's definitely he doing that on Boeing. purpose. He's saying Boeing. He's not saying no, Boeing. No, no, no. Boeing. <laughs> Boeing. Yeah. Bo yes. Sorry. It's Boeing. It's, it's the accent. It's, uh, it sounds like you're just saying Boeing. <laughs> no, we leave that. We leave that to Captain Nick. <laughs> Carry Sorry. on, mate. Carry Sorry. on. No, Captain Nick's yeah. name. I, yeah. I'm a, I like Boeing. Right. That's good, Matt. Matt is a Boeing man. Uh, oh, right. Emirates fleet of Airbus A380 and Boeing 777 <laughs> aircraft will also have a smaller environmental impact as both aircraft types have better fuel efficiency and emissions performance than the retired aircraft. For the calendar year 2016, Emirates will have taken delivery of 36 new aircraft, 20 Airbus A380s and 16 777s. This also includes the next generation Boeing 777-300ER aircraft with upgraded business class seats and other features including a lower fuel burn ratio to be delivered from November 2016. Emirates is currently the largest operator of the Airbus A380 and the Boeing 777 aircraft with 85 A380s and 160 Boeing 777s in its fleet. Out of the 234 aircraft worth over 112 billion US dollars wow. that Emirates has on its order book, 
180, sorry, 150 will be the new Boeing 777X aircraft that will be delivered starting 2020. The aircraft will feature a range of passenger-focused amenities on board, including large windows, higher ceiling, and a wider cabin, in addition to being more fuel-efficient than the older aircraft. So there you go, so the, uh, they're phasing out the A330, or oh, they've retired them all now, A330 and A340s. Yeah. Um, Just looking on... Uh, all you, A318 and Trouble 7 now. While, while Carlos gives us a quick... You might want to quickly look at your TV behind you. <laughs> oh, God, boring yeah. old football. <laughs> anyway, moving on to There's aviation. Um, <laughs> oh, not happened there. That's why that's why we're here. Uh, so moving back to the fleet numbers again, I was just looking at the uh, on the Emirates um, fleet list and stuff, and um, they're actually five five of their A three uh, sorry five of their triple seven three hundreds. So five of their three hundred series triple sevens are moving on to Cathay Pacific in twenty eighteen. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna um, you know um, give some of those to Cathay mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. sell them to Cathay Pacific. They've, they've I don't just retired their seven four sevens, haven't they? So they're yeah. replacing them with um, yeah. newer aircraft for themselves. Absolutely, sounds good. So yeah, there we go. A bit of information for you there as well. So moving on to the next story, which is on the ShanghaiDaily dot com. Uh, this is uh, probably one of the <laughs> most interesting stories we've had again on an episode for for a while. Uh, the headline: Man buys a used Boeing aircraft for eight million yuan. Yen. Yen. Mm. Oh, okay. Yen. I thought that was Y E N. How you spell that? Okay. Oh, it might be. Perhaps I'm wrong. Three point fifty. So a thirty-year-old man from Gang Ganghan City. I hope I've pronounced that right. Ganghan City in southwest China, Sichuan province. Sichuan. Sichuan province uh, has purchased a retired Boeing seven three seven dash three hundred aircraft in the United States. However, the shipping and assembling fees were even higher than the plane itself. Right, yes, okay. The man, the man uh, surnamed Ning, has long been an aircraft enthusiast since he was a child. He brought the aircraft in June for over three million, million yuan. I think that's yuan. Why yeah. yuan? I'm probably wrong. I'm probably uh, wrong anyway, here. it works out at $447,000, uh, yes. excluding the shipping fee. Right. Uh, the engines and the electronic devices on board have been removed. Uh, Ning Eve, uh, was an enthusiast in aviation technology okay, we, uh, in company in uh, Beijing that specializes in import and export to set up five people team to deal with the shipping issues of the aircraft. It took the staff more than one week to disassemble the aircraft and put all the parts into 16 shipping containers which were later shipped from Arizona uh, on September the 26th. Uh, Ning said the aircraft uh, will be assembled in Beijing and then transferred to Ganghan. Uh, it will be placed in an aviation culture park next to the Civil Aviation Flight University of China. Uh, the expenses covering the shipping and assembling cost Ning more than 5 million yuan, including installing a million yuan flight simulation system. Now, Matt, you had, did you put the pictures up? I was trying well, to, but go. for some, they, they keep, keeps, keeps freezing when you get to, to things. So, you, you, yeah, I, I don't know quite what's going on there, really. Um... But, but what's that? Four hundred and forty-six. Was that four hundred forty-six thousand dollars? Was that uh, the on that story? 
for that aircraft. Yeah, I know. Such a crazy amount of money. Whatever that is. So include, and that's, that wasn't including its shipping fees and everything mm-hmm. on top. I mean, no. he, he must have been looking at half. No. I mean, but then, as it did say in the story, he, he does actually specialise in sending large mm. objects. So I suppose he had uh, availability, uh, you know, perhaps that you, you or I wouldn't have. You know, he hasn't he hasn't got to send it by UPS is essentially what I'm we, we covered a story, do you remember, Matt, the other week about that family that had brought the uh, the Sea King yes. and turned it into a kind of holiday home caravan mm. sort of thing, which yeah. uh, was quite quite awesome, I must it was, say. It was a really... I, I, and it was... A, I, well, I mean, we, we actually wanted to go and rent it to go and sort of stay in it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, so I... I Got it to work now. Uh, those who are watching on YouTube can see the pictures uh, that we're talking about. If you are listening to the podcast, it is shanghaidaily.com uh, is where you'll find the pictures. And if you ser- use their search engine and look for Man Buys Used Boeing, you'll find the pictures <laughs> that we're putting up now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Jonathan great Warner's put it's a good investment. It is, yeah, absolutely. Mm. As I say, strangely ironic that it actually costs more to get it to where he lives than it did to actually buy the damn thing in the first yeah, it's not, place. It's not so. as if it's going to rust away, I suppose. Well, I suppose so. It's aluminium, isn't it? I suppose so. It's not going to rust as such. I wonder if Captain Nick's going to treat himself to one. <laughs> yeah, with all these uh, with all these A340s all being um, sort of dumped and thrown Scrapped. away and scrapped. Yeah, you know, Captain Nick could easily uh, treat himself to a to mm. a sort of an A340, couldn't he? Really? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Perhaps there's something he could look into. You or, know. Or Captain Al, he could he could have one of these A330s at Emirates. Yeah. Uh, I don't know off. if I don't know if Mrs. Al will allow it. That's, no, that, that's the issue. Not. In the same way that you don't have a turbine engine in your back garden from a story a few months back, oh, uh, is, don't, is you don't. know where it's been turned into a chair. Is because, is because Mrs. Stevings will very much say, "Oh my goodness me, you are you and I are no longer <laughs> married." Get out. Oh, I know. That sort of thing. But anyway, yes. Uh, on to, to the, the next story. story. Yes. Uh, good news uh, if you are here in the UK for a change. Insider Media Limited is the website. And the headline is Birmingham Factory to make Airbus parts for a $1 billion contract, which is very, very exciting. A global precision engineering group has secured a $1 billion, that's £884 million contract with Airbus to make key components at its facility in Birmingham, where it employs almost 500 workers. Arconic's Airbus contract will begin in January 2017 and will make the manufacturer the sole supplier of a number of products in the aerospace giant, such as wing fuselage and structural components. The aluminium sheet will be provi- will produ- produced in Kitts Green, which is home to the UK's largest aluminium rolling mill. Klaus Kleinfield, uh, chairman and chief executive of Arconic, um, yeah, Arconic, I am saying it right, said uh, this large contract is a further important step to expand our leadership position in the aerospace industry. We are proud that Airbus has chosen us to support their fastest growing technology advanced programs. Partnerships like this with industry leaders are core to our strategy and this contract is another is, is another proof point of the potential that lies in it. Uh, we continue to focus on developing products and technologies that take all of our aerospace customers to new heights. Alcoa, 
acquired historic engineering brand Firth Rickson, now Arconic, for £1.4 billion in 2014. Last week, the Alcoa group split into two parts, Alcoa and Arconic, and the Kits Green contract is the first announced by the Arconic company since the official separation. Arconic can trace its history back 128 years and now has more than 42,000 employees across 156 locations, supplying products for aircraft, trucks and commercial buildings. In the UK, Arconic employs approximately 2,800 workers, as well as Birmingham. The business has operations in Leicester, Exeter, Glossop, Bradford, Matlock, London, Redditch, Runcorn, Rotherham, Tamworth, Telford, Welling Garden City and Sheffield. It's brilliant news for uh, mm. people obviously living in the UK. Yeah. Um, it's great to see so many different um, countries and stuff. Obviously, Airbus is a, is a kind of European company. That all these different uh, manufacturing companies around the country, around, especially around yeah, the UK, yeah. producing all different parts like that. And it's great to see. Um, you know, you we we can still produce things, good things in the UK here. Yeah, good. good. I know very much. So I'm very pleased. <laughs> Although I mean, that's one of the things that we've learned. Actually, I, mean, I, I hate to use the word. Brexit, um, but uh, that's one of the things that has has actually done wonders uh, since Brexit. Is our manufacturing industry has suddenly fired into life? It seems uh, because uh, export, you know, it's much much cheaper to export mm. things from the UK to other parts of the world. All of a sudden, and actually, as I say, it's doing wonders for the the you know the the manufacturing. I think and it ma that may even be a, a small part of perhaps why some of these parts are being made. At least Brexit hasn't ruined this. Well, no, that's but it's manufacturing thing. again, isn't it? Mm. So th this th this can't because although you know the pound being weak is not great news certainly from a holiday maker's point of view it is great news when it comes to exporting products to the rest of the world I was going to say the, uh, the, the, the euro and the, and the dollar are not exactly that brilliant at the moment well no the indeed pound. although the, I, noticed, I noticed despite the Trump um, election thing we're going to talk about that no, the, no not briefly no. no only briefly I'm just going to mention that uh, uh, rather unexpectedly that the, the Dow Jones especially was rallying today which oh, I okay. thought was very strange actually when I was looking at uh, I've got friends who are looking to, to go to the States very soon, and so obviously they're watching Pilot Pitt me. wants a beer. Does he? Mm. I know how he feels. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the well, it, as it is beer time, then it's probably an appropriate time to do exactly that. And uh, whilst Pitt is getting his beer, I think we should um, put his segment on. How do you feel about that? Well, we that? could let uh, Matty Fab do the last story. Oh, we could do that. That's yes, absolutely. Probably a, Sorry. It I, would I probably a good idea confused. to finish the news segment first. <laughs> oh, you're very, before very good. We Sorry, do you got me excited at the mention of beer. I know. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> moving on to the last story in the segment then this week. And oh, uh, last one's for. Uh, for you, mate, fam. I thought I'd been politely ushered off to the no, side. No, 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 <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I'm just, okay. I'm just rubbish at this. I'll, I'm just I'll, really I'll beat him while, yes, uh, yes. while, uh, while you're, you're doing the story. Yes. Well, that's fine. I mean, this one's from the DailyMail.co.uk. So, oh, well, so, so it's practically. Here we go. It's a comic. Um, yeah. From yeah. Matt's favourite newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it's in the Daily yeah. Mail, it must be true. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> here we go, and it's not going to be uh, overegged at all. So here we go. A wheelchair user was left humiliated after he had to be carried onto a plane. Joshua Gardner would usually be transported on board by an ambulift, the airport's lifting equipment vehicle at Leeds Bradford Airport. Instead, Mr Gardner had to suffer the embarrassment of being picked up in an airport wheelchair 
and carried up the stairs to the Jet 2 plane by two members of airport staff. Oh, uh, it was humiliating. I felt unsafe about being carried in such a way, Mr. Garner, who is a freelance journalist. Oh, no. In 2016, <laughs> yeah, in 2016, I would expect this kind of treatment maybe in the 1970s, but not in this day and age. They were lucky that... I Hello. Worse than they would have re-struggled. Mr. Garner, who's been in a wheelchair for more than 10 years, said he felt unsafe while being carried because the chair he was put into had no side guards. He could have fallen out. He was confined to a wheelchair after falling ill from uh, transverse mind, my word, from a disease in in 2005. Mr. Garner previously took part in a BBC expose on airport security, which saw... This is terrible writing, this, which saw it's high the Daily Mail, says, of course yeah. it's terrible writing. But, uh, <laughs> I'll try and add some Yorkshire English to it, which saw him, I would assume it means, hide items in his wheelchair through security at Leeds Bradford Airport. No way. A Leeds Bradford Airport spokesperson said, at the time Mr Garner was travelling, one of the two ambulance vehicles on site was out of operation. In such circumstances, the procedure is to lift the passenger onto the aircraft. This is a safe and standard manoeuvre which was undertaken after speaking with the passenger and evaluating the lifting procedure. We will take Mr Garner's feedback into account but would like to reassure him that this is standard practice when an ambulance lift is unavailable. Mr Garner added, If the ambulance were out of service then fair enough, but this is not safe or dignified alternative to the ambulance being out of order. Um, Mr Garner was so outraged by the incident that he posted a video of him being carried onto the plane on social media while in Paris. On his return flight to Leeds Bradford Airport, he claims to have had the most secure transfer plane he has ever had. Mm. Up to five members and st- on sorry, up to five members of staff were on scene to securely strap him into an ambulance. However, he claims that he was approached by two border police officers at passport control, who says tried to intimidate him into deleting his tweet regarding the incident. <sighs> Mr. That- Garner said. I can't believe border patrol officers are involved in something like this. No, but anyway, really I'll carry on. Yeah. I was approached by border police officers who I believe had been waiting for me. They even said Josh to call me over. If I called him Bob, it wouldn't have done much wheels. Well, no, I'm still unsure how they knew about the situation or what flight I was on. I just don't understand how they knew which flight I was on and how they were wasting time asking me to delete a tweet. I doubt they were just walking around and someone told them that you need to get this person to delete something from Twitter. All it did was make oh, this terrible. All it did was make, comma, my mom especially <laughs> feel really intimidated, and I felt like they were going to arrest me. I told them that I did not need to delete the tweet. I have now put a complaint into the Home Office. Oh, oh blimey, go blimey. Um, all right, let's finish it off. The police force was said two police officers were apo- approached in passport control by an external employee based at Leeds Bradford Airport. The person asked if the officers could speak to a member of the public and asked him not to publish images stroke footage of the external employee that he had taken. One of the officers explained that there was no law in taking the images stroke footage, however they would speak to the member of the public to see if an agreement could be made. The officer spoke to them and asked if they would consider not using the person's image. The member of public stated they would use the images but agreed to pixelate the person's face. This was the only police contact in the matter. Mm. Mr Gardner had arranged a meeting with Leeds Bradford Airport tomorrow in regards to both incidents. Now, 
Uh, it's a family show, so I'll not swear. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's very good of you. Thanks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the problem, the problem here is the guys at the airport are in a catch twenty two situation. They are. Yeah. I've so seen. this happened. Yeah. I understand. He's in a wheelchair, and he's not, you know, ideal being lifted up no, by no, two no. Agreed. guards or whoever into the plane. But the ambulance were out of order. So yeah. Thera said to him, "I'm sorry, we can't lift you on. You can't. Yeah, get on the you plane. can't get on your plane. You'd have been writing about that as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Either way, they were going to lose. Essentially, I mean, he, he got on board the aircraft. Anyway. Exactly. He, you know, he's, yeah, it's not absolutely. as if he, they, you know, stuck him on the wing and no, you know, and no. put some cable ties on to hold him. He, you know, he got on board the aircraft safely enough. Yeah, they, they got they and the, him the, on. The, I mean, if he was that, well, this sounds terrible, and I'm really sorry. I don't mean to cause offence, but if he if he was genuinely in that that felt that his dignity had been so demoralised I suppose for want of a better word then then his alternative is to request you know that he be transferred to another airport get you know go to another airport where perhaps the, the said lifts are, are in in service I Owen mean, has said actually yeah. Matt in the chat room he Absolutely, said yeah. the, um, the way he was carried on board is not exactly unusual no indeed yeah. I, I mean and it looks like it's done been you know, no hands are where they shouldn't be it was a you know they used one of the chairlift thing you know they they used like like you used for an evac didn't they i mean yeah. as we saw in the picture when we pop it up so he, he was on a proper supported chair to actually actually to, to go up and uh, you know to go up the thing I, I know it's not ideal and it should have been an ambulance but if it's out of order as, as matty says the alternative is to not be able to get on his flight so i mean either way i feel really quite sorry for this airport here because they aren't going to win are they they can't win either way no, it's a catch-22 situation. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting that he's a freelance um, journalist as well. Anyone just thinks he's trying to get his uh, something published in the paper, but, but maybe that's just a cynic in me. I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think I mean, either way, the, the guys here at Leeds Bradford couldn't have won. It, no, they've lifted him onto the aeroplane. I mean, look at the pictures there. They've got the front and back of the um, the wheelchair. He's going up the, the stairs with the guards on the side. Yeah. How else are they going to do it? I mean... Yeah, I've never been in a wheelchair and touched wood. I never have, and no. it can't be nice. But I don't understand what else they could have done apart from not put him on the plane. I mean, the next, the next best thing more is more outraged about. Yeah, absolutely. the next best yeah. thing is a transport from Star Trek, and I'm afraid they haven't been no. in, in, invented yet. So. No, but again, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see. And if not, if you say dailymail.co.uk and in their search engine, put wheelchair and humiliated, and I dare say you'll find these pictures directly. Uh, I mean. It, nobody's physically carrying. You know, he's in one of the one of the sort of like you know evac, evac chairs for want of a better word. You know, so I mean, he, and two people are carrying him up the stairs. I, I'm I'm really sorry, and I'm maybe I feel differently if I was in his shoes. Maybe perhaps you know I don't have that problem. I'm quite lucky, but I mean, like if 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 said uh, machine was out of action when when me and Mum flew last time, we wouldn't Mum wouldn't be worried about it. I know she wouldn't be worried about as long as she could get on the plane. That's all she care about. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, those guys have lifted him on have probably gone above and beyond by, yeah, absolutely. by lifting him up. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And now they're getting all this grief for it and the pictures yeah. on Twitter mm. and all these yeah. people that like to take things over the top, said the yeah. abuse their way and stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not fair, yeah. is it? I mean, I, I don't, I, I agree. I, I, yeah. I think I agree. And I, I'm sorry that this guy feels the way he does about. Uh, the treatment that he's received, but I, I as, you, as as Matty quite rightly says, I mean, they're in a catch-22. They can't win either way, can they? Mash is in the chat room. She's put, um, nowadays, everyone who's outraged over ev anything will get yeah. into the Daily File. Ma <laughs> mail, mail. So, um, Very yeah, good. I think, I think my six-year-old can get in the Daily File with the, the grammar and the <laughs> yeah, writing. Right, it's terrible. Probably, it's absolutely it's terrible. terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Not going to disagree um, with you there. 
we have uh, we've got we've got one last uh, story that's not on the list there but it's one that uh, I, I said uh, to uh, one of my good friends that I'd uh, run this week on the show uh, it's regarding compensation we've covered this in the show quite a few times in the past mm. about uh, compensation for delayed flights right uh, it's just a quick Q&A really for the uh, people in the chat room who have got in there at the moment um, uh, the the, uh, the friend of mine she's put in a claim for a delayed flight that uh, mm. she had quite some time ago and um, put the claim through and uh, still hasn't had any, any kind of compensation through. I mean, really? is, is anyone in the chat room or any of our listeners who are in the chat room at the moment uh, any idea how long these claims tend to take to come through? Because, uh, you know, you get kind of told one thing and then uh, you, you find out another. So if anyone in the chat room now, while we're live, who's uh, ever had a claim or put a claim through to, uh, to find, you know, for a delayed flight, uh, any ideas? Pilot Pips put in the chat room that he's still waiting for his 250 <laughs> euros uh, from German Wings. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's still waiting for his. Mm. Uh, this was just a delayed flight. So this was a delayed flight. No, right, and uh, okay. Pips been waiting two months uh, for, for his, his uh, for his compensation, compensation for his claim. Yeah, and uh, was that was that through a, a company Pip or was that? Um, he'll have to. Mm. respond to us in the chat room but yeah. uh, was that th was that through a claim company or through straight through the airline mm. yeah i mean is there an agency or something you can do such things through rather than yeah anything more than a three-hour delay you yeah. have to uh, you, you get compensated for right it. but okay. um yeah if anyone's uh, anyone got any ideas about that then uh, yeah post them on our um i'll post us to facebook or send us a message and uh, tell us what uh what you think is the best idea to, to kind of g these companies on to get them to uh, to move a bit uh, faster in compensation because it is rather poor really it is because they're is. quick enough to take your money yeah they are absolutely but, but when it comes uh, to refunding takes some, yeah takes them forever to uh, to give you money back uh, well, so really whilst whilst pip is waiting for his bag to return i think yeah. now seems like as good a time as any to um, play uh, this week's wonderful segment now he's been at the gliding club uh, this week, uh, he was saying in the email that uh, a company... Yeah, he's been gliding uh, today, yeah, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he recorded uh, it while he was there. Yeah, he did. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, think, um, I think we should give it a listen. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's go for it. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hello everybody, it's Pip here. I'm going to start off this little segment with a couple of apologies. And the first apology is for being super organised this week and having a segment already for the guys and then forgetting to send it in like a complete idiot that I am. Uh, it was all ready and then a bit of a last minute decision this morning. I decided to come up to the gliding club. It's a nice uh, day, nice sunny day and some of the club members had gotten together and we're going get to get up and flying. So I thought, right, I want to be part of that because it's been months since I've managed to do any gliding. So I rushed out of the door this morning and completely forgot to send the guys the segment. So, sorry guys. And then the other apology then is for the poor sound quality now. I'm recording directly into the iPhone as I'm wandering back down to the launch point, having just had a rather lovely lunch at the gliding club. And so far it's been a rather productive morning actually. I've managed to get uh, three flights done. Uh, kind of a, a refresher flight just to get back into the swing of things and then we're looking at some cable break uh, procedures which I talked about previously so certainly moving forward to getting signed off to go solo again probably won't get to do that today 
but I certainly hope I'll get another couple of flights this afternoon. So it's a, a bit of a bonus for the depth of winter. It's quite a nice day here at Husbands Bosworth Airfield, just about 50 minutes or so to the north of where I live. Uh, sunny, largely clear, but a little bit chilly. Got my hat and coat on. Uh, but it's a, a lovely day, a lovely day indeed. The guys are just starting to launch again after lunch as a little microlite Kit Fox aircraft over there. You might just be able to hear it in the background. So what I thought I might do then, just off the top of my head, is just talk about some of the differences between flying a glider and flying a jet aircraft. And obviously there are loads of them, but just sort of basic airmanship, uh, immediately obvious differences. And I suppose that the first thing that powered pilots or jet pilots would struggle with is the um, is the stick and rudder nature of gliding. You really need to use the rudder, which is not something you might be surprised to hear that we don't really use in, in the jet aircraft, in jet transports. We've got rudder, uh, your damper systems, that sort of thing, and it's all really taken care of. But that's not the case at all in a glider. You know, it's all cables and pulleys, very, very basic, and you need to start using the rudder. And why do you need a rudder? Well, it's in order to produce nice, coordinated turns. Nice, coordinated turns in order to overcome something called adverse yaw. Now, what's adverse yaw? I'm going to explain that to you in just a second. I'm just going to have to pause this because a little microlite aircraft's about to uh, taxi past me. Yeah, have a little listen. It's a little, uh, I think it's a kit fox is what it's called, or a jaraboo, something like that. It looks like an awful lot of fun. Okay, there he goes. So, adverse yaw. What's adverse yaw? Well, it's the, the tendency of an aircraft to yaw in the opposite direction to that in which it's turning. So what happens, you use the ailerons to roll the aircraft left or right, and you'll get a, a difference in drag on uh, on you'll get more drag on the upgoing wing which will also produce sorry more lift on the upgoing wing which will also produce more drag which will then tend to pull that wing backwards so that results in a yawing moment a yawing movement in the opposite direction to the turn and that's a very inefficient uh, messy way to fly so to overcome that you need to use the rudder to produce a yawing moment in the direction of the turn to get a nice coordinated turn and actually you've really got to work your feet in a glider um, it, I think jet pilots or power pilots are often surprised when they try gliding for the first time how much coordination is involved between feet and hands I know the instructors here at the gliding club are always uh, rolling their eyes and going oh, you know you, you jet pilots forgot the basics and I think that's true and, well, how, how do you know if you're in a coordinated turn or not? Well, actually, after a little bit of experience, you can really feel it, seat-of-the-pants stuff. You can feel when the aircraft isn't balanced. But we have a little uh, slip string on the canopy of the glider. Now, this is an extremely high-tech, advanced bit of equipment. What it is is a, a piece of cotton, sort of the thing that your nan would knit with. A piece of cotton which is just sellotaped to the canopy. And if the airflow is straight across 
the canopy, you know, straight down the fuselage, then that bit of string will be straight. If you're uncoordinated or out of balance in the turn, then that string will be deflected uh, off in one direction or the other. So you can see that by the movement of the string and apply more rudder to correct or less bank, if you like, to correct. So that's a lot of fun. That takes some getting used to. Uh, what else is different when flying a, a glider? Well, lookout is one thing that's different. Uh, and it shouldn't be, I suppose. In an ideal world, you'd be looking out for other aircraft just as much in a, a jet airliner or any other aircraft as much as you would in a glider. But actually, I think it is a different story. You know, if you're on a, a five-hour flight in a, in a jet aircraft as a, as a pilot, I think it's... A rather a lot of effort involved to spend those whole five hours or whatever the flight length is looking out the window scanning the horizon for other aircraft uh, you know I think people tend to get quite lazy and they start reading their company approved manuals not the crossword that would be naughty or doing other stuff but certainly in a glider uh, one of the core skills that they drill into you is looking out, sufficient lookouts. So you're always looking above, below, left and right, because you'll be sharing the airspace with possibly quite a large number of other gliders as you're all in the same thermal, circling, trying to gain altitude. So you've really got to be very aware of what's around you. Um, you know, looking before you turn is a, a basic skill, and probably one that's easy to forget coming from years of flying you know, in, in controlled airspace under radar environments. So that's something to watch out for as well. Look out. What else is different? Well, I suppose the, the really obvious difference is the fact that you don't have an engine in a glider. So you've really got to be aware of how much height you've got to play with because you can't obviously make a missed approach. You can't go around. So you've really got to pay a lot of attention when you're coming into land. You've got to make sure you've got an excess of height and you can then manage that excess of height using the air brakes. So they're not really air brakes, they're spoilers really. They're more used to increase your rate of descent. Use pitch for airspeed and the air brakes for rate of descent. But you always want to be in a position when you're flying the circuit, when you're coming back to land, to have uh, access height to lose. Because you don't want to have not enough height because then you risk not making it into the airfield and ending up landing short. And that way lies all kinds of dangers. So you really got to plan your circuits. We have the, the high key points and the low key points uh, in the circuit, and you need to know at what altitudes or what heights you're going to be there and be able to plan your circuits accordingly. And that depends a lot on the wind as well. You know, if you've got a, a little bit of a tailwind, then you might want to make your low key point in the circuit a little bit earlier than you would with a stiff headwind. Uh, and that's one of the other big differences as well is wind and the environment, uh, you know, the atmospheric environment around you. Uh, I think an experienced glider pilot becomes very adept at judging the wind uh, and instinctively knowing from which direction it's coming from. There goes one of the gliders now, have a listen. Oh, being pulled up on the winch launch, they're obviously practicing winch launch failures because he's just, the instructor's obviously just pulled the cable at uh, just a few hundred feet and that's interesting he's electing to turn downwind and fly a circuit hmm 
Now, just eyeballing that from the ground, I would have thought that the safer option would have been to land ahead. So he's uh, immediate actions on the cable break, shove the nose down, get into a recovery attitude, get your flying airspeed back, so typically about 60 knots, then make a decision. Can you land straight ahead, or are you going to turn back around and fly a, a low short circuit? Look, here he is right above me now. He's uh, flown a short circuit. Now he's going to land very far up the field which is fine that's very safe well that's interesting i was glad i was able to capture that on uh, on this audio here that's precisely what i'm going to be practicing this afternoon when i get back up is doing these cable break failures uh, that's nice and now the buggy's going to go and rescue him and then i forgot what i was saying Oh yeah, wind. So yeah, you really got to be aware of the wind because that will affect hugely your your circuit. You know, you don't want to let the wind, a stiff crosswind, blow you too far from the airfield. Uh, you know, a tailwind is going to have all sorts of implications for your launch and launch failures. Uh, you know, a tailwind. If you're going to launch failure with a strong tailwind, then your options for landing ahead are going to be much reduced. Although you know, you shouldn't really be launching into a tailwind. But there you go. So wind is another thing. Um, well, look, I've been I've been jabbering on for ten minutes or so, and I don't have the ability to edit edit out all the waffle, so I'll, I'll leave it there until the next time when hopefully I'm a bit more organised and remember to send in my segments on time. Take care, everyone. Fly safe. Pip out. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pip. Absolutely, that was wonderful. I t- I- the noise I know. that it caught as, as it went, as it just went whizzing, whizzing by, <laughs> was just absolutely. It's it. Well, I, it sounds daft. I don't, it's so silent. This whole this whole gliding like, thing sounds really good to me. I, it does. I, I like. I like I'm the, amazed uh, the you haven't tried it. Actually, I'm I amazed you didn't do that first. A lot of people do gliding first, don't they? Normally. Yeah, well, it's a cheaper option. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, far cheaper than the yeah. way I'm see doing. See if you it. like it first. Yeah, to see if you yeah. like flying. But no, it sounds really good. And yeah, I'm Pip, Pip's actually in the chat room now. Mm. So, uh, Pip, <laughs> did you have a good day gliding? I dare say you did. Have you um, have you had a, ever had a chance to do any gliding at all, uh, Mr. Fab? Um, no. Only when the uh, instructor pulls the power on the planes to do uh, practice force landings. But okay, right. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it's not something that um, I don't have a go at. To be fair, I get scared enough flying the planes with an engine on the front, worrying about that stopping than actually getting sent up in one without an engine. Right. Okay. But yeah. uh, I mean, I'm sure it's fun. It's lovely and quiet. Everyone tells me that mm. they've done it. My uh, the chief instructor at our school is a glider pilot, and he tells me how good it is. But it's like helicopters. It's not something I've, I'm overly keen on trying. To be fair. Don't open that can of worms. One day, yeah. Yeah. One day. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not if Jim's listening no, to the show. Oh, oh, no. God, blimey. Oh, can you imagine? I know, <laughs> Mr. Helicopter Man. Um, right, so uh, I, on that note, I think we should uh, push yep. on with some military news, I think. Yes, so okay. uh, if we're all, uh, all ready to rock and roll. Yes, we are, yep. Let's go.
So the first uh, story on the military news segment this week, a uh, bit of a serious one because these fly mm. over here quite regularly. They do. And uh, this one is on the bbc.co.uk news website and the headline, Royal Air Force Fleet of Sentry Aircraft Grounded by Electrical Fault. Uh, these aircraft, if uh, if you live in and around the UK, probably seen these uh, these aircraft. They're the ones with the uh, rather large rotating radar dome on top. These are based on the uh, Boeing seven oh seven passenger aircraft with uh, obviously a lot of operated uh, fuselage and engines as well are operated from uh, the originals. But uh, you've probably seen these flying around the UK. So the uh, Royal Air Force surveillance aircraft being used in the flight against uh, fight against so-called Islamic State have been grounded following the discovery of electrical faults. Uh, the fleet of six Sentry E-3Ds, including two assigned to help the air campaign in Syria and Iraq, could be out of action for several weeks, the Royal Air Force mm. have said. The fault was discovered during a routine technical inspection, it added. Um, uh, it's the second time in four years the planes based at RAF Waddington in Lincolnshire have been grounded. BBC Defence correspondent Jonathan Beale said that the two Sentry aircraft had been providing airborne coordination as part of the operation against ISIS and uh, were helping prevent other coalition aircraft coming into conflict with each other. Um, the uh, work uh, was being carried out by coalition allies while, uh, while the fault in the Royal Air Force fleet is rectified, he added. An RAF spokesman said, as a result of routine technical inspections on Royal Air Force E3D Sentry aircraft, an issue has been identified related to the integrity of some of the electrical wiring and cabin conditioning systems. Safety remains paramount concern, therefore the UK Sentry fleet will only fly again once the ongoing rectification work is complete. In April 2012, one of the aircraft which provide early warning and fighter control systems was found to have technical issues. The Sentry fleet was grounded for almost two weeks back then, being given uh, permission to fly again soon after. Um, the uh, the aircraft uh, makes uh, well, make is used by a number of other air forces across the world, including the US, France and by NATO as well. The Ministry of Defence announced plans last year to upgrade the fleet in 2020 and extend their lifespan to 2035. But according to defence specialists at IHS, all other countries which operate the aircraft have already upgraded them. But the Ministry of Defence cancelled plans to do so in 2009 because it was unaffordable in the current financial climate, they said. A defence source told the BBC that there's been uh, incremental upgrades to the fleet to meet defence requirements and that the current issue was being found during routine inspections. Now, Matt can put a little picture on the screen there for those of you in the YouTube chat room who are not quite 100% sure on what the E3 Sentry looks like. And there we go. Like I said, uh, you, you can't miss these flying above mm -hmm. the skies. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we had one fly over um, earlier on this week, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, no, worrying... Uh, well, worrying really with these because they are, like I said, they're mm. quite a, an important part of the uh, of the Royal Air Force. But um, I'm guessing you've probably seen one or two of these round uh, flying around your way, Mr. Fab. Yeah, I mean, Waddington's not too far from us. Mm. Um, yeah, we see them up or down. Yeah, they do touch and goes, but Leeds and up at Doncaster sometimes doing pilot training. But yeah, you see the odd military thing up here. Yeah, but what I don't understand is though. So obviously it's the broken down and ground of these aeroplanes, one of our, you know, uh, main source of defence. 
why are we advertising this to all the Russians and the ISIS and everyone else knows that they're out of action? That is, that is kind of... Because I dare say, despite what they're saying, there is actually a plan B somewhere. So I, I, I'm pretty it sure... So, that, but it, yeah, it, I'm it pretty sure that this how, wouldn't... how frail our military well, system is. And we've got no aircraft carriers, we've got no sea carriers, yeah. we've got no airwax up there. It's like, oh, well, well, I, I, don't, don't, we don't, we I don't think this would be public knowledge if, if there wasn't some method of protection in place. Because I don't think even our military or our, our bigwigs at Westminster are stupid enough to uh, yeah. to sort of let stuff like that get Actually, out. Michael, uh, Michael Miklos in the mm. chat room has said that uh, the Sentry has a long flight endurance of up to 18 hours for that aircraft. Which mm. is uh, And Jonathan Warner said that they're based on the KC-135 with a slightly wider fuselage. Uh, well, and he is our resident expert. And he is so our expert, absolutely, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Absolutely, he would know. So moving on to the next story. Yes, certainly, yes. The next story, this is on the Diplomat website, uh, diplomat, thediplomat.com, and the headline is India orders 83 new fighter jets, 15 helicopter gunships, and 464 tanks. God, they won the lottery. In stark contrast to the little things, that, as we were discussing moments ago, that we seem to have in stock. Hello, uh, I think somebody, I think it might be 2-0. Is that right? Yeah, 2-0. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. stop it, yes, yes. I kept it quiet. Kept yeah, you quiet. did, that's very good, absolutely. Yes, yes, if it weren't for my big mouth, nobody would know. So anyway, Matt, uh, has, sorry, has, India's has India won the lottery? <laughs> India's Defence Ministry, no, no, but we're just, we're 2-0 up. Do you need that mic moving? No, it's fine. It's uh, <laughs> India's Defence Ministry has also signed off on the purchase of 598 mini drones for the Indian Army. The Indian government this week has cleared the purchase of made in India military hardware, including new military aircraft, unnamed aerial vehicles and tanks under Prime Minister... Uh, I'm not even going to attempt... Anyway, the Prime Minister of India, uh, <laughs> uh, his so-called Made in India initiative, according to local media reports. The Indian Ministry of Defence uh, Acquisition Council headed by Indian Minister of Defence, another name I'm not even going to try and pronounce, signed off on the procurement of 83, uh, is it Te Teja? Tejas. 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 Tejas Light Combat Aircraft, LCAs, 15 light combat helicopters, 464 T-90M uh, Bishma main battle tanks and 598 unmanned aerial vehicles on the 7th of November. No contracts have been signed to date. The Indian Air Force, the IAF, plans to induct a total of 120 Tejas uh, LCAs, a supersonic single-seat, single-engine, multi-role light fighter aircraft. As I reported elsewhere, the first 20 fighter jets are expected to enter service by 2018. In July, the IAF stood up to its uh, uh, stood up its first Tejas uh, LCA squadron, the Flying Tigers, 45 LCA squadron composed of two combat aircraft in Bangalore. Um, and uh, the LCA was specifically designed to replace the IAF's ageing fleet of MiG-21 and MiG-23 aircraft and has been under development by the Aerial Nautical, the Aeronautical Development Agency in cooperation with, uh, uh, I want to say, Hind Hindustan, Hindustan, 
Aeronautics Limited. I'm very sorry yeah, about yeah, the yeah, plenty. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, something since, like that. Since the 1980s. Uh, India's LCH is another military aircraft currently under development by HAL. The armoured attack helicopter has been specifically designed for high-altitude operations and high-altitude warfare, similar to combat operations during the 1999 Kargil War. 4LCH prototypes are currently undergoing weapons in integration. The Indian Army's the Indian Army's Army Aviation Corps has plans to purchase 114 helicopters, whereas the IAF plans to, to, to get 65. As I reported previously, HAL has already kicked off a serial production um, of the LCH, although no contract has been concluded so far. The T90M, the T90M Bishma is a licensed product variant of the Russian T90 MBT, in turn, and which is in turn, sorry, an upgraded variant of the older T72 model. The Indian Army also operates an older T90 export variant, the T90s, uh, the T90S. Uh, India is operating 800 to 1200 license-built T. T90s, uh, T90 Bishmas and T90M MBTs divided up into about 13 tank regiments depending on what sources are consulted. A May 2015 estimate by the diplomat put, diplomat put the number closer to 500. India plans to field over 2,000 T90 variants by 2020. The T90 MBT will be manufactured by the state-owned Ordnance Factory Board and in the past has been assembled at the heavy vehicle factory, the HVF uh, Avadi, in the southern Indian state of Tamil Nadu. I, it was not revealed what type of mini-drone the Indian Army will procure. Total acquisition cost will be roughly 10 billion dollars with 7.5 billion dollars allocated to uh, for the Tejas LCA 2.02 billion pounds for the T90 MBTs and 436 million dollars for the LCH the cost for the mini UAVs was not publicized I was just looking up so, so I, yes I, in answer to your earlier question yes I think they've won the lottery <laughs> I, I, I hadn't, I mean, even, even in the limited military knowledge I've got of aircraft, I've never heard of this um, HAL TJAS. Um, I suspect Jonathan Warren has probably heard of them. Yes. So I had a quick look on uh, to find out what they're about, and uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's HAL TJAS, T E J A S. Uh, they're a multi role fighter um, actually built in India. Um, they've only just been introduced in service actually last year, January the last year, so they're fairly, fairly new. Well, There's and, only and, 17 and been built. Yeah, so far, but jet. they plan to build a lot more. As I say, basically, what the, the, the crux of the story is essentially they're planning to build a lot of their own mm. equipment in house, essentially. So they're these, a single these seat. Are Indian, uh, Indian built. Um, you know, in in their own country, which may, maybe it's a model we should look into. But they're they're a single seat jet. Mm. Uh, they've got General Electric engines in that, uh, yeah. which are powered by. Mm. Uh, but they may well be being made under license in mm. the, in, in in you know Indian states. But they can so. fly at Mach one point eight. Wow, that's um, quick. Which is two thousand two hundred kilometers per hour. Ooh. There Definitely break the sound barrier then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the last story then, uh, Matty Fab. Okay, and this one is from flightglobal.com website. Um, Aurora flight scientists have developed an unmanned Huey. After demonstrating its autonomous aerial cargo utility system, AACUS, 
on other helicopters, Aurora Flight Sciences will develop an unmanned UH-1H unit with its tactical autonomous aerial logistics system, TALOS. The final phase of the AACUS program will transition TALOS into an autonomous UH-1H as Aurora will demonstrate by 2017, the company says. The US Office of Naval Research originally sponsored AACUS, which allows an unmanned rotorcraft to land without the help of trained troops on the ground. The unmanned system could provide an alternative method of delivering supplies to remote operating bases or threatened areas. ONR tested the AACUS aboard a Lockheed Martin and Cayman Aerospace's single-seat, optionally piloted helicopter KMAX in 2014. That same year, Aurora used AACUS on the Boeing H-6U unmanned Little Bird. Aurora also modified the helicopter with LiDAR and electrical optical sensors which scan for, which scan for obstacles. Aurora is mulling commercial applications for Talos, particularly for civilian first responders flying in storms or nighttime. The system's LiDAR allows the pilot to see smaller obstacles such as power lines. During a 10th of November test flight, Aurora demonstrated the AACUS's planning capabilities for takeoff, transit and landing and up to two zero to press release. The company has demonstrated Talos on at least three manned Bell 206 aircraft, but the system could be integrated into any manned or unmanned rotorcraft. That's it. So, looks like we've got unmanned helicopters flying around as well. Hueys as well. Mm. Hueys, the, uh, they're the ones that use in the Vietnam War. Yeah, the Hueys. We have them, actually. That It's the... Um, I'm trying to think it's the... Um, marine, not the marine. The um, mm. oh, the training school, which is not far from where we are here, uh, have got some. You can hear. I mean, you can, these stand out. You can hear these from miles away. Mm. These Hueys, if you yeah, ever heard one, of these, they've got a very distinct noise when these fly, Matt. You, right. well, the, but the rotor blades yeah. rotate, and you can hear yeah. them. You can, you know, they're Huey straight away as soon as right. you hear them. Okay. Well, a bit like the Chinook. The Chinook, has right? Got yeah, no, that's got. That's, even I know that's got a very unique noise. Um, but yeah. these, these are quite. a a large and a helicopter well not a large but they are a fairly sort of decent sized helicopter mm. it'd be interesting to see one of these being unmanned mm. um, seeing one of these yeah. being flown unmanned yeah very it's, interesting it, I mean that is the ultimate um, radio controlled helicopter though isn't it I mean, <laughs> it a, would be yeah. it is, it's the ultimate it's very true yeah absolutely yeah, very yeah, true yeah. I, I have very very grown friends who would would be a little bit like a kid in a sweet shop if they could get their hands on a full size helicopter and fly, to fly it like, exactly yeah, the same yeah. way they do their little their little one with a camera on I tell you, a lot of these UA, if a lot of these little mini UAVs or mini drones that you can buy online mm. now are controlled by apps with your phone yeah. you can actually have the control panel on your phone yeah. and, and control them using your phone I don't like that because my phone is a bit prone to crashing every once in a while really? That, what your new phone? yeah you know, it's, yeah, okay. it's made in Russia, isn't it? Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> so there we go, that's do the end. Do they still build these? Sorry, I'm saying, do they still build Hueys? I thought they were old aircraft. Are they still in production? I do, I do not know. I'm, I'm sure Mr. Mr. Warner in the Mr. chat Mr. Warner will no doubt will, correct uh, us any moment. Um, but uh, uh, unless, the, unless the ones that they are building are, are literally with the unmanned element in so they might still be building them, but in... Well, they were actually introduced into the service in 1950. But I'll tell you what, there's there the, the number of these built, these Hueys actually Matty Fab, there was sixteen thousand plus wow. of these built. Wow. Of the Hueys, there's plenty is, around there, isn't there? There's plenty yeah, of yeah, surplus yeah. stocks that, that doing nothing which can put it, these it, systems onto uh, 
it does say a limited in. service so um yeah yeah so moving on then from uh, from our military segment this uh, m- we had a little chat with uh, matt before we close up today about uh, so how are things going with uh, with you then uh, mr fab because obviously you uh, you passed your ppl earlier on and uh, you've been uh, progressing on to uh, to move on to bigger and um, and more uh, technical things yes so it was about just um, over a year ago when i got my ppl last october um, so since then, I've decided to start doing the what used to be called the IMC rating, which is now called the Instrument Rating Restricted um, Rating, which will, when I pass that, allow me to fly in slightly worse weather conditions than, um, than uh, the VMC, basically. Um, it will allow me to fly up, up and above the clouds, which is quite useful in this lovely country that we live in. Yeah. So I've been doing lots of flying in the Cessna 172 with the hood on, which basically means all I can see is the aircraft's instruments. It's like flying basically like that. You can't see out the window. <laughs> You're flying total um, reference to the instruments, which is basically what airline pilots do when they're flying at night in cloud. Uh, and I'm how, doing how are you finding that? How are you finding I want to fly in and above the cloud, but more of a to make me a safer pilot and uh, right. to get me out of trouble if right. I ever get stuck in weather, because apparently it's one of the biggest killers for VMC rated pilots when they're the, uh, flying to IMC. Wow. So, yeah, you yeah, don't want to fly That's the main reason for doing that. So, um, so yeah, so like you've seen the videos. I've been flying around with the hood on, learning to... Uh, it's basically like doing a PPL again, Carlos. You, you learn sort of to fly straight and level. You learn to fly turns, but they're all rate one turns, so you don't bank the aircraft like you do when you're visual because mm. you could overbank it and put it into a spiral dive. So mm. it's relearning a lot of the old stuff but rather than using visual cues, using um, well, visual from the instruments rather than the, the outside view, and you've got to totally ignore what your body feels because it, it throws you off. So I'm guessing so, you've, you've always got some, you've always got an instructor with you while you're doing this uh, this hood wearing uh, activity. Yes, yes, obviously, yeah, we've got an instructor. So if you do the training like that, you go to the safety pilot. You can't obviously fly around <laughs> with a hood on. Yeah, you can fly into somebody, but yes, yeah, yeah I've got the instructor yes. sat next to me, telling me what to do, and obviously being the, the safety pilot on the lookout. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do tend to, when you're doing this, speak to a, a radar service to either get a traffic or a deconfliction service so mm. that you, your radar are monitored um, and they'll tell you about any, any aircraft sort of in your vicinity, if you like, to keep it a bit safer. But yeah, it's all interesting. It's all little steps towards, you know, possibly maybe one day flying one of these um, big shine jets that. Uh, one of these grown up toys. Yeah. Fly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Get out of the bug squashers and yeah. the, the sand cans <laughs> that. Uh, they're affectionately known as. Yeah. See, Matty Fab's yeah, still I'm, young, you see. He's all right. He's still young. So are you. Yeah, well, I'm not that young. I'm, I'm, I'm 32, so... I'm oh, wow. Oh, 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 blimey. Oh, <laughs> blimey. He's, oh, he's ancient, isn't he? Oh, well, but, as, as, no, but then you see, as I've said before, you see, it's like uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm not celebrating that birthday. I'm celebrating no, the 10th anniversary of my 30th. That's what I'm doing. And don't forget, uh, all your listeners, while I turn Matt's mic down, if you've got any feedback or some stuff you want to send into the show, send it in to me uh, at the show, and I'll make sure I play out um, the audio feedback uh, during the show before Matt's birthday. Anyway, turn Matt's mic back up. There we go. Are you right, Matt? Yeah, he's fine. Just to question in the chat room there about is the IMC good for outside the UK? It's not, Pip. It's only recognised in the UK. Oh, really? It's fine for me at the minute at my stage of flight. Yeah, yeah. The proper instrument rating is obviously you can fly around the world with that, but yeah, this is a UK only rating, which at my stage of training is fine. Like I say, it's 
the hours I'm logging as instruments I can use towards instrument rating further on. Um, but no, I, I can't go and fly sort of in the clouds outside the UK. But I'm not planning on flying outside the UK at the minute anyway. It's, oh, okay. it's not a problem. And then next week, hopefully if the work schedule allows, I'm going to try and get the night rating cracked off because that's only a five-hour call, so you can do that in a couple of nights. And I'm planning on going oh, wow. to maybe Leeds Bradford. To Are you looking that. forward to that? Yes. It's what, <laughs> I was get it done last year, but um, with job swapping and, and what have you, I couldn't get it done. But yeah, I'm looking forward to going up to Leeds Bradford Airport and flying at a proper... Cause if you've seen my videos, I fly from it's a grass strip. strip yeah. One of the runways there is the shortest licensed runway in the UK, so it's... It's soft and short fields. It's good for training. It's hard to get in and out of, but once you've landed there, you can sort of go and take off and land anywhere. What's yeah, your uh, What's your circuit height there, uh, Matty? Say again, sorry. What's the uh, circuit height at the uh, at the field where you're where you're um, flying from now? The, the circuit height's eight hundred foot because we're just within Doncaster airspace, which okay. starts at two thousand foot. So the circuit at eight hundred foot allows the overhead to be at eighteen hundred foot, yeah. which keeps us two hundred foot below the um, the class D airspace, just above us. No, you have to be careful. That's one thing we don't have to worry about where we where we fly, uh, where I'm learning to fly, is that we've got nothing around us. No, that's true. Yeah. Apart from the parachute plane, and that's yes, the only thing that we have to watch out for. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. a good area to learn where I am. So we've got uh, Doncaster nearby, we've got East Midlands, we've got Leeds just around the corner, but we've also got the Hall of Lincolnshire, which is pretty much on um, you know class G airspace. We can do what we like in there, yeah. but we can use we can go into at the minute with this IMC rating. You also, I'm just going to the stage now where we do holds, ILS letdowns, NDB and VORs. Which if you listen to Pilot Pip's latest podcast, yeah, I'm plugging this for you, Pip, yeah. he talked all about the. Um, the radio navigation beacons, so that was a good listen. But yes, so I'm, I'm using them at the minute, learning how to do the, the holds and the approaches, which is good to have in Doncaster, literally a five-minute flight away. So I'm enjoying it. it it's, it's definitely made my flying a lot more accurate because mm. when we fly sort of into Doncaster airspace, we're tracking in there overhead with their NDB beacon. Um, we get IFR clearances, which you have to fly bang on. Like when you fly in VMC, you can kind of, as you probably... No, Carlos, you, you fly like 2,000 foot, you kind of wallow up and down a bit, a couple hundred foot, it doesn't really matter. But when you get an IFR clearance, you've got to stick to it. You've got to fly like an airline pilot. So it, it has, I think, I hope, made my flying a bit more safer, more accurate. And and, and, uh, and how do you, do, do you feel better. more confident now that you've done it? I mean, is that something that, that, that you, you feel... You know that it was it was a worthwhile exercise. If you like, are, are you much more happier flying? Yes, like I say, it's been my flying a lot more accurate. Um, it's like I, said, I didn't get the or I'm not getting the rating because I want to go and fly in and above the clouds. But with the weather as it is, especially where we are, the clouds do come in quite fast, quite often. So it does get a bit hairy when you're flying back and. You can feel yourself getting pushed down to keep out of the cloud. Mm. You know, a little thin layer of cloud. Whereas now I'm, I'm more confident to go and sort of fly above it, and it's a lot safer up there when you can, uh, you know, sort of skimming the hills if you like. So yes, it's it's made me a lot more confident. Yeah. It's made me appreciate the the equipment in the aircraft more. I bet. So if I do get lost or not lost, yeah. unsure of position as we call it, or I do get stuck in bad weather, then I, I hopefully I'm able to flick from visual conditions to instrument conditions and, and use instruments to, to get me out of trouble basically so yeah I do think it's worthwhile and I'm enjoying mm. it so off the top of your head then um, Matty how many how many hours have you got in your book now do you, do you sort of roughly know in the old logbook off the top of my exactly I've got a logbook next to me I think it's about 75 <laughs> if you bear with one second I'll just press this that button here um, 71 hours that's all wow. I've got so I'm, I'm still 
You know, I'm a very fresh pilot, and yeah. that first sort of 100, 200 hours is is when a lot of newly qualified pilots do come into trouble because they get overconfident, mm. they think they can fly, then they get into a situation such as into an IMC situation where they realise actually they're not as good as they think and the overconfidence gets them in trouble. So I'm being careful not to be overconfident. This is why I've done this rating to make me a safer pilot. Um, to hopefully I can get to where I want to be rather than be a statistic. And what your friends and family kind of thought about the whole process, Matty? Are they, are they kind of you know happy and glad that you can now kind of take them anywhere they want to go in the UK as such without having to worry about no, traffic? No, no. No, my mum and dad don't like flying. They never want to come in the plane with me. They don't like oh. going holiday on planes. Um, I like your mum and dad. They sound amazing. Little, I've the, yeah, <laughs> I've had a little, oh, the oldest lad up in the circuit a little while ago last year. Um, I've not had the wife up yet, but they kind of leave me to it. I've been an aeroplane geek you know, all my life and all since I met wife. I've known her 10 years. So she kind of just lets me get on with it. She's When I talk to her about it, I get enthusiastic. She has no idea what I'm talking about. She just smiles <laughs> and nods at me. Do you know, it sounds off, just like Gemma. Which is fine, so let's prevent it out and talk to her. But to be fair, they do support me, but there's no interest. They've no idea what I'm doing. So it's just I kind of get on with it myself. Me. I can say I like, that's, that's why I'm in the community with the, the podcast with you guys, because I can share the passion with you and talk to, yeah. talk to you yeah. all about yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas I can't Absolutely. get that at home, yeah. if you like. It's yeah. not a problem, but uh, yeah. it is nice to be able to share your passion, isn't it, with... with you know, people. To, to be fair, I mean, it's exactly the same as 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 Gemma. Gemma has absolutely no, the only time Gemma gets ever so slightly excited is if uh, Carlos has been able to manage to get a free upgrade, upgrade. as a result of him <laughs> flashing a, a business card at them. So I mean, that's the only time she gets excited about the well, word aviation. Yeah, yes, works. I know. Absolutely, it shouldn't. Do, it gets me, yes. it gets me onto the flight flight deck plenty of times. Well, yeah, yes, that's, that's quite true. nice. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy it. Yeah, I need to get myself a, a PT UK business card or shirt. Then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave, leave it with the actually, on, a little bit more, but, actually yeah. on that note to uh, to everyone who's listening to the show we have we have been in contact with our t-shirt person oh, this week we? oh, yeah i i have uh, i've been in contact with our t-shirt person please gonna, please 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 do not send one to pit because he'll only grout his bathroom, his bathroom. bathroom. no yeah. we're not. um we're um we're in, she's going to work us or work out how much you know what the costs and stuff are going to yep, be involved in, in in us having mm-hmm. some t-shirts done and uh, yeah, as soon as I know, uh, we'll uh, probably you know we'll we'll let everyone we'll know, let everyone when, know when the t-shirts. If you want to get yeah. one, then obviously you can order yourselves. Yeah, um, we'll get. It. Um, following on from that as well, don't forget we are going to probably announce in the next couple of weeks um, our Christmas competition mm. for this year. Uh, it's going to be a caption competition with a photo, um, which we ought are to, going to, to have. Be all, all jokes, so we probably ought to do that next week because obviously. Should we do it next week? Yeah, I think we okay. should. Okay. Only because they people need type three nil. Excellent. Very oh, exciting. God. Boring. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll announce. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, say that only, now. We'll only because obviously, because we've got to do, we've got to announce it before because we will be taking a very brief, oh, brief break, break over Christmas. Yeah. So there will be yeah. a couple of shows, but obviously they will be um, they won't be live shows over Christmas and New Year. Yeah. Um, so obviously the week before that we we will have needed to have done yeah. the announcement so i think we should r- okay so we'll we will next announce yeah. next week then yeah. the uh, the caption competition for our yes, christmas uh, special show and um, you, you were showing me some of the prizes or are you going to do that next week do you well do no well we, we 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 did so i, I yeah. did a little uh, yeah. preview on on facebook mm-hmm. earlier this week with the with a couple of the prizes we've got but our our top prize actually came through the post this week yeah uh, which is a pretty awesome prize, mm. 
Um, strangely enough, it's based on um, a TriStar. There's a shock. There's a shock. There's a um, shock, everyone. But <laughs> but needless, I'm I'm not going to say what it is until no, no, next we'll week. We'll leave we'll leave it till next week. But needless to say, it what what the first prize is, guys and girls. It, it yep. is a limited edition um, item. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a of a one off, really. And yeah, we're going to be offering it up as the and first this, prize. This will give you an idea of how aviation related it actually is, because when it was passed to me earlier in the day, and I looked at it and I went, mm, "That's nice. What, what's that?" <laughs> so that gives you an idea of. So how I it had works. to explain to Matt yes, what it absolutely. was, and I still have no idea. But uh, nothing. But else it is <laughs> it is a pretty it is a pretty awesome yep. prize. Um, I have to say. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've got that coming up. So we've got that yep. coming up next week. We'll announce uh, and we'll put the picture. What we'll do is we'll announce the competition next week, and the picture will go up on our Facebook page. Yep. Absolutely. And what we'll do as well, if I can get, if I can try and tie Matt down for ten minutes to play play with the website, oh. what I might get Matt uh, try and get Matt to do is to sort of stick the photo oh, on the on the website, yeah, okay. yeah, that's fine. Uh, so you can uh, kind of go on there and uh, and and do the competition. You know, enter your. Thing oh, you, oh, you want really them there. to enter enter via the website? Well, you could do. Ooh. We could do, but we'll oh, we'll, okay. we'll do the entries via <laughs> by uh, by the usual. That, sound, that sounds challenging, everyone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Please. the picture uh, the picture will be from uh, from our trip to Riyadh. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good picture okay. that was taken good. by Dan Hannington. Ah, excellent. So there we go. That will okay. be next week. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're uh, we're going to wrap things up, I suppose. Now, really, it's yeah, getting so late. It's quarter past nine it in is. the evening. Yeah, absolutely. And England are actually winning for the first time ever, three oh. <laughs> 0 <laughs> I have to say, uh, one of my one of my best new best friends in the chat room is uh, Fernando Ildio. He's uh, he loves the TriStar, so uh, he's oh, right. uh, okay. he's a top Excellent. man, top man. Well done, so, uh, and yes. Jennifer as well. Jennifer loves the TriStar, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll be marrying her next week. Splend- you're already yeah. married. You're not allowed oh, to. It's called um, bigamy if you get married. Okay, more than sorry, once. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, and it's frowned upon. Uh, to uh, get in touch with the show if you want to, you've got several ways to do that. Uh, How first, can you do that? Uh, first obvious option, as I say, social media. So you've got two places to do that. It is facebook.com forward slash plain talking uk that'll take you to our facebook page our twitter handle is uh, so it's twitter.com obviously and our twitter handle is at plain talking uk and of course if you want to go to the website find out all about the show take yourselves to www.plaintalkinguk.com and uh, on there you'll find various links including links to our patreon uh, to um, if you want to use the amazon link in order to buy your purchases because we get we get a like a sort of an advertiser's referral free fee if you do that it doesn't cost you anything at all to do that but uh, we get a few pence every time you do that and um, yeah it's uh, that's pretty much it. obviously in the PayPal links as well uh, meet the team you can you can learn a little bit more about me and uh, Carlos and uh, everyone mm. who's involved in the show and uh, yeah if you want to get into contact we do love to get your audio feedback please so please yeah, send do. it to us on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com that's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com UK.com. And don't forget to take yourselves over to iTunes as well and mm. uh, download Pip's latest yes, episode of the yeah. Plane Safety Podcast. I listened to that today. Yeah. Uh, that's episode number 34. Uh, it's uh, headlined as Radio Navigation Aids, which uh, I did sit, well, like I said, sit and listen to that today. Very good episode indeed. So uh, well done to you, Pip. Quite a long episode as well, which is quite is nice. It? Yeah, yeah, that, that's nice. It got me got me through the rigors of work anyway. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. you've had a really good week. Uh, no, I from what I understand. So uh, yeah, get yourself over to, uh, to iTunes and uh, catch up with Pip's latest uh, mm. episode. Absolutely. And also 
also, while you are on iTunes, just for those of you guys and girls who do download the show via iTunes, please, please, please give us a little review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes a few seconds to do. Just click on the reviews and click on the stars. Give us as many stars as you want, you know, one, two, three, uh, ten. And, uh, yeah, give us a little review on iTunes. It does really honestly help to, uh, yeah, to push, promote the show. Up, pushes pushes up the old show. chart. Yeah. So that's where we're going to bring episode 138 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. We're going to say a massive thanks to our guest on the show tonight, uh, Matty Fab. Thank you ever so much for coming on this evening and joining us. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Thank you ever so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I'm very impressed because I, I know how much of a massive football fan he actually is. So, <laughs> so I'm, ve- I'm very, very impressed that, bless him, he's, uh, you're lucky he's just had it on in the background, to be perfectly honest with you, Carlos. So uh, seriously, thank you very, very much for, uh, for joining us, despite something better being on telly, frankly. <laughs> no, like I said, it's a pleasure. I've enjoyed being on. I really enjoyed being on with you guys and the okay. community. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have a catch up with you. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're a shameless plug. If anybody wants to see the training that I've been doing, I've been posting Ooh, yeah. videos on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug um, it. Plug away. How, how do they find you on YouTube? What's, your, what's the name of your you channel? YouTube YouTube.com forward slash student pilot Matt. Ah, very good. And it's only one T. Yeah, that's a bit right. odd. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, I've posted them all on there. They've got the ATC comms on, so you can listen to what we're saying to Doncaster Radar usually and uh, Get you. see what it involves, basically. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I, I put them on there for me to watch back because, obviously, I'm under the hood, so I can't see what's going on. So until I get home and watch the videos, <laughs> I can't see the fact I've been in the clouds and stuff. And when I was learning doing the PPLs, I'm sure Carlos does and, and did, I used to watch lots of people's flying videos and found them very educational, so hopefully these will help somebody in the future as well. Very good. good. Very good. good. Yes, very good. It's very public service of you, Matty. Well done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So don't forget to catch up on Facebook. Find us links on there mm-hmm. to the next episode. Yep. We are going to be recording... Yes. Next Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Matt's got Matt's got to work Friday night. I get to go to the Thurstford. I'm very excited. About that. Anybody who lives in this area has ever heard of the Thurstford uh, Carol concert? It is some like nothing you've ever heard or enjoyed, and uh, they've got a rather marvelous collection of steam engines over there as well. So I'm a little bit excited. I won't lie. So we're uh, probably <laughs> going to go for. Unfortunately, for our yep. US listeners, I'm very sorry, but we are probably going to go for a Saturday, Saturday morning, morning right. show. But we are going to try and see if we can do something sneaky. Yeah. We are. We've got a little sneaky uh, location that mm. we might be doing next week's show from. So, fingers crossed uh, mm. that I will get the go-ahead this week for us to go to this location and do next Saturday do next morning Saturday show. show. Live, Live. On location, yes. as it were. So, uh, yes, absolutely. That's it. So, we are going to bring episode uh, number 138 to a close. So, if we could ask you then, please, Matt, to say goodbye. Goodbye. And from us here in the studio, uh, we're going to say goodbye as well. Carlos, say goodbye. Oh, help. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? I'm waving, waving at that camera. You are, actually. That one oh, up that there. One. That one up there, yeah. Absolutely. Not this one. Yeah. No, one. No, the one with the that nice one. banner in the background. You okay. see? That's it, yeah. Goodbye, so everyone. everyone. From us in the studio, goodbye. Goodbye.